motherfucking K, homeboy. A to the motherfucking K. A to the motherfucking K, homeboy. A to the motherfucking K. A to the motherfucking K, homeboy. A to the motherfucking K. Okay, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of A to the K's Wrestle Talk podcast. Here we are. There's me uh, and Carl. Hello, Carl. Hi, everyone. So, um, as usual, we are looking at going through our uh, This Week in Wrestling, in which we'll talk about the uh, the big four shows. Um, then we'll go on to our news and rumours, um, basically anything exciting we've seen or any random tweets we might have seen, anything like that. Uh, and then lastly, we've got a bit of a, well, hopefully a fun one anyway for you, which will be um, our sort of, not really a dream book. And um, how would you phrase it, Cal? Um, more like a, if we could book WrestleMania next year. Yeah, so like a, yeah, like a fantasy book and kind of thing. Um, so we just thought we'd have a little bit of fun with that and, and sort of suggest how we'd book something. Um, potentially as mad as Vince McMahon or as good as... Uh, <laughs> who's good these days? Triple H? He's still okay with the next year, I guess. Let's go with him. But before we kick off with all that, let's have a little bit of a word from WWE's own Cedric Alexander. WWE superstar Cedric Alexander here to ask you one question. Or maybe many questions. Do you like wrestling? Do you like podcasts? Do you have YouTube? Do you have Spotify? Do you have any other form of social media where you can listen to podcasts? Well, then you should be listening to A to the K Wrestle Talk. That's A to the K Wrestle Talk. Listen to it because I said so. Okay, thanks for that, Cedric. That was uh, good of him to to mention us. I always appreciate these these celebs coming in who clearly listen to us all the time. Uh, I'm sure Ricochet obviously recommended us to him. So that's uh, that's brilliant. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Couldn't get any better. Um, right, Carl. So, do you want to kick off with the uh, with the raw results? Absolutely. Let's do it. Um, so this week um, we had a returning face of Samoa Joe, who uh, returned, but to commentary, which was interesting because I didn't realise he could talk. To be fair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's not really known for his talking. Um, am I right in saying as he like? <sighs> Is this a sign that he's ready to come back-ish, or are they just going? Well, we need to get some faces out there. I'm not, weren't quite sure what the reason was for having him suddenly there, because as we know, yeah. he he was injured out uh, when he was in the Rollins angle. So yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, it's it a bit of an odd weird. thing to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you know, historically, when someone comes back on commentary, they're still kind of um, carrying an injury or they've just been injured. So it's weird for him to come back now, especially when. He hasn't shown any signs of being a good promo or, you know, any decent kind of commentary experience ever. Mm. But um, that being said, I thought he did a really good, <laughs> he did a pretty decent job, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, um, other than the, the slight sort of oddity of like, why is that? Yeah, I, could, I can't really <laughs> fault him there. Do you know what I mean? It's just like a bit like, okay, you know, it's like putting any sort of random wrestler without notice on commentary, just, you know, kind of out of nowhere. But like you say, as far as Mike's skills go, uh, or commentary skills go wasn't too bad really uh, added something yeah. a bit different and I, I don't who have we got now um, I know we've got uh, Lawler but um, who, who's the can, I can never remember his name the other guy on commentary for Raw fuck knows um, shit what's his name <laughs> sorry I've put that in your head now I uh, I don't I honestly can't remember um, it, it's not Tom Phillips is it he does NXT I don't know is it not Lawler Tom Phillips and the other guy whose name escapes me at the minute the other guy. Oh, is Tom Phillips on with them as well? I think he is. I'm sure there's okay, three of them. Okay. This is how much attention Although, we pay uh, to Raw, guys. Yeah, God knows. God knows. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so those guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I thought it was quite interesting to see him come back um, since he's been injured. But 
very strange way to bring him back into the fold on uh, commentary. So yeah, interesting to see if that builds to something or whether it's just a you know. Yeah, it might just be a, to keep him sort of fresh in our minds when something does come along. I don't know, but yeah, yeah. You know, could be a could be a good sign that we're getting some some. I say fresh faces. He's been there for a while, but you know when like. And I, I don't blame WWE for this, but with this whole COVID nineteen thing, you getting like you you really feel how much it's like the same faces every week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you can you can really feel nowadays that they're they're working on a limited roster. So even just to mix it up in that sense has has been useful. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, definitely refreshing to see a new face. Um, and yeah, um, as I said, I thought he did a really good job throughout the night. Um, the first kind of segment of the night was MVP. <laughs> who kicked off the show with the VIP lounge. He was apparently saying it was the only nightclub open in the world. But if you ask me, it's a pretty shit nightclub. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, there's, it's not really a nightclub, is it? let's be fair. It's just fucking yeah. that guy. I mean, to be fair, it, it makes sense for him, I suppose. He, he probably is the only VIP in his own head. So, <laughs> yeah. Who else is going to be there with him? Well, exactly. Um, but, you know, another kind of talk show segment to kick off a show. Um, he brings out the three raw Money in the Bank participants. So he brought out Alistair Black, uh, Rey Mysterio, and Apollo. Apollo, Apollo Cruz. Who knows what he's going by these days? But those yeah. three came out. <laughs> um, and then you know it was kind of a it was a bit of a weird one really. So no one really got a chance to say anything because MVP was kind of taken over. And then um, ah, so no one really knows uh, what they were going to say. I always look forward to hearing from Black. You know the incoherent <laughs> ramblings of Black. That's well, you know. Exactly, you know, it's some sort of emo shit that he comes out with normally, but he didn't even get a chance this week. So. And I'll call it, Ray was probably going to mention Eddie. And um, <laughs> I'll be yeah. genuine, I don't I don't recall Apollo ever speaking, so who knows, he might have just done a backflip. Well, exactly. Um, <laughs> but, you know, more on that as the night, as the night progresses. <laughs> um, but before anyone could say anything, um, Zelina comes out with the Mexican theory. Nice. See how it's changed now from the Mexican medley. See what, see that? Love it. You know, progression. Um, but yeah, those guys come out and basically um, says that the three of them should give their spots up now, um, be, like to hair crew, because they're the future. Um, and, you know, if the future lies with the three that are in the ring, it's a pretty lackluster future. Now, so that was I know she's playing the heel and I don't want to be a dick about this, but she's not wrong. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's kind of like, well, you know, Ray, all due respect to Ray, he's a legend, but he's he's typically one of these people who comes back for a bit of a stint, but he's not um, sort of a mainstay. He's like, he's just like a a name now. He's an own name. Do you know what I mean? He's not going to be there to 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 be on a on a regular card anyway. Black, um, I think the pair of us have no love for, and Apollo's been jobbing for how long? So you know, yeah, fair enough. Totally agree with you there, Selena. Uh, as much of a heel as you. You you meant to be, uh yeah totally agree. Why are they? Why why isn't it the Mexican medley? Uh, sorry, the Mexican theory. Well, I mean that's it. I mean you know Selena's done a fantastic job over the last few weeks, and as you said, you can't really argue with her. You know, which is interesting <laughs> as a as a heel manager because normally you know her jobs come out and chat some shit around you know how it should be them when they don't actually deserve it, but. Look who's in the ring and who's actually in this match, which is probably the worst Money in the Bank match I've ever seen in my lifetime. Um, yep, can't argue. So yeah, I um, think that's probably what's making her so sort of uh, interesting as as their manager and as a heel. That there's like a there's always there's like a hint of truth to it. Do you know what I mean? So it's like mm. it, it's almost like yeah, it's fucking annoying that you're right about this. But uh, <laughs> yeah, she she's doing a, a fantastic job. Um, she really sort of stepped it up in like in the last few weeks. Um, and again, they, they've got such a prominent show on on Raw now, um, this stable that uh, you know 
it certainly it certainly showcases her and uh, and the three well everyone bar Austin Theory who is kind of just there. He's just there. He's just making up the numbers. But um, no, I think you're absolutely right. Um, considering what she's you know got to deal with and you know the circumstances and stuff, I feel like she's there a lot, but never feels kind of forced or out of place or anything like that. So I think she's doing a a job quite well. Um, but you know, she comes out, says that, um, and then that obviously Rey Mysterio gets on gets on his fucking soapbox. Then it's like, well, sounds like you guys want to fight us, and then all of a sudden there's a a three on three match because that's how fucking works, obviously in uh, WWE. Um, and interestingly, <laughs> I don't really have much to say about the match. To be fair, it was just one of those, you know, it was there, it happened, it was a match, and yeah. yeah, day. But okay. um, <laughs> but um. Interestingly, uh, Apollo Crews actually picked up the win over Andrade, um, as opposed to one of the other guys, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, and it was nice to see um, Zelina, you know, was absolutely fuming at ringside at the fact that uh, Andrade had lost. So it's quite a nice little way to, to kick off the show, really. Mm. Oh, yeah, totally agree. Um, then that kind of led into, after that match, was a backstage segment. Um and then it was uh, Andrade and Zelina being interviewed, and you know it was it. This was interesting as well. I feel like they teased this a few times now, but um, Andrade was basically saying it was his partners that let him down. You know, the previous week we saw um, neither of those guys wanted to get involved um, in in trying to kind of take down Drew McIntyre at, at risk to themselves, and you know now Andrade's here saying that you know his partners let him down, and you know those three couldn't beat him if it was a US title match one on one. Um, and then you know they kind of like scared off the screen. Then Apollo turns out he can talk, which I was surprised. Um, wow, but, <laughs> he can talk. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, but he came out and you know it was a pretty decent promo. To be fair, he was saying the sore losers. You know he beat him. He's beaten once tonight, then he can do it again. Um, he do, he'll be able to beat them twice in one night. Apparently, Andrade overhears this, so clearly didn't go that far. Then um, basically says, you know. Uh, he doesn't deserve an opportunity. Um, and then <laughs> probably the, the biggest moment in fucking Apollo's career, he just uh, he slaps the shit out of Andrade. And it was, fa- it was a fantastic piece of TV, oh, to yeah. be fair. Uh, to be fair, guys, if you haven't seen it, it's, uh, it's currently on our TikTok. Um, and yeah, it's a hell of a slap. <laughs> yeah, it is a hell of a slap. Like I, I, I like watch this back a few times to see, like you know, is is Apollo slapping his leg or something to make the noise? No, he literally slaps the shit out of it. Andrade. I mean, fair play because there must have been fantastic. a talk there where Andrade's gone, go for it. Just yeah, it. man. You know, yeah. So <laughs> you know, it was a, uh, it was definitely something where I think everyone was just like, oh damn. Um, and then obviously Zelina kind of says because again. Although I'm go- I'm not going to be as critical as normal because Zelina basically says, well, if you want the US title match, then you can have it. But that didn't bother me as much. You know, previously um, in the opening segment, it was just like, oh, everyone's wanna- everyone wants to match. We're going to have one. Mm. And they just they kick it off right there. I feel like, you know, Zelina's Andrade's, um, you know, manager or representative, whatever you want to call her. So she kind of has the right to book the match and make yeah, the match I mean, on her. It kind of has a logical so. bit of sense because you imagine like the boring off-screen stuff, she will go get that arranged as his manager. So yeah. it kind of makes a bit of sense, doesn't it? Exactly. It doesn't so, feel as random. So you, take your points on that. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, obviously they probably listen to our podcast intently and hearing how, you know, unsatisfied we have been with the whole kind of booking mechanics of late so you know clearly they're, they're starting to take notice now which is which yeah is, no, know, i reckon that's that's exactly what it is i reckon uh ricochet's obviously mentioned those to a few people uh cedric's got involved 
uh, Lacey Evans has clearly got involved and it's just sort of snowballed now management are clearly listening to what we're saying that's it so, you as know, these things um, happen yeah. it's hard being influential but with a <laughs> it is you know it's, 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 a, it's a tough you know burden to have as being as influential as we are in kind of shaping the yeah. product of today in, in, in WWE Really, so, you yeah, know. Yeah. but they know we represent the fans, and that's what counts. <laughs> you know, what I mean? so <laughs> glad to see the setting up and taking notice. That's all I'm saying. Um, but yeah, so I thought that was like a, a nice little fun segment. Um, and then ahead of the women's triple threat that they announced, um, which I was really looking forward to actually. So it was um, they'd announced Asuka versus uh, Nia Jax versus uh, Shayna, which you know, other Uh-oh. than Lacey Evans, <laughs> <laughs> you know, other than Lacey Evans, you know, they're the kind of legitimate threats to actually win the money in the bank you know we'll come on to the other participants later but you know yeah, yeah. i don't think either of us think that those guys have got a chance you know other than lacy maybe um mm. but uh i thought this was quite exciting really to kind of uh, put on tv so i was looking forward to it um and then Asuka comes out and she cuts a bit of a promo um around poor Kyrie and saying around what naya did last week so interesting yeah, it seems they are like they are booking it, it yeah which is weird. I, still, I mean, still adamant that wasn't a work. There's no way you'd it, put something that that risky in. That's it. You know what I mean? It didn't. It didn't look like a work. You know, what well, I mean, you can't it, legitimately it, do that power bomb and intentionally fuck it up without running the risk of damaging it. There's no way. The, like she's yeah. not got a, a neck of steel. There's there's no way they could have done that. So it's obviously an accident that they decided to work with. But even so, I don't know. It's. Uh, we, we've sort of made our, our opinions clear on that, so I won't harp on yeah. too much. Like. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was an interesting reference, the fact that they are kind of going with it at some sort of angle, but, um, you know, Asuka was quite rightly um, annoyed about what happened last week to Kyrie at the hands of Naya, um, and she then kind of went on to say that she's fought Naya now for two years, which, <laughs> has she? I don't know. Okay. I, I don't really recall it over the last two years, but okay. Um, she said she has tapped maybe, her out. Maybe off screen? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, so she has tapped her out, which uh, you know I'm pretty sure she has. But then um, went on to chat some more Japanese kind of shite before Naya comes out, um, as well as Shayna. Um, but yeah, it was weird. Um, so the match was about to kind of take place, but then Shayna pulled Asuka out of the ring um, and started to like throw her into a ladder and beat her down. And then basically <sighs> it was a bit of a schmoz. So the match never really happened, which makes yeah. sense because you know, they're ultimately trying to keep all the, the women strong. As I mentioned, they're kind of the big threats in the in the title match. Um, so it makes sense to kind of protect them. But at the same time, it I was fucking looking forward to it. thing is, though, it doesn't, it doesn't. Because, like, from a logistical point of view, yeah, it makes sense to protect them. Don't don't go with, ahead with the match because they've got big matches coming. But from a, a storyline point of view, it's like, well, she's pulling out the ring to do some actual damage to a match you've got booked and are promoting and, and so on. So... I just don't like the way they're going with this Shayna thing of like, oh, she doesn't care about matches. She just wants to hear people. It's like, well, I, I don't know. This is going to get to a point where it's like, well, anytime Shayna's announced to be in a match, I'm probably just going to assume it's not going to happen and there's going to be some fucking about. Um, <laughs> so I was a bit disappointed that they went with this. Like I said, I can see from a logistical point of view why they did it, but I was a bit disappointed that they didn't have uh, some level of match, even if there was some shenanigans once they got the match underway and it, you know, someone deliberately DQ'd in, in that sense but to just have this whole so uh, yeah i'm out to hear people's stuff i wasn't a big fan of it last week and i'm certainly not a fan of this yeah i don't know it just felt i felt a bit cheated really because i was quite looking forward to the actual match itself um and then it obviously it didn't really happen because of yeah, yeah. shenanigans um and then interestingly though um the i think they did a good job of making everyone seem strong which is which is quite good but it was naya that was basically the one who was 
kind of reigning tall at the end, um, which I thought, I don't know, um, the way they've been booking Shayna of late, I thought they'd still go down that route. But um, interesting that they kind of pivoted yeah. a little bit and, and made Nia seem like the bigger threat. I wonder if they're um, either they're trying to legitimise when Shayna does beat her, or they're maybe turning their focus onto to Nia now, because it wouldn't be the first time we've seen somebody's heat just suddenly drop and uh, that's them done for. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I don't know. I, I never take it that that Shayna is going to be the push. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's you can never really call it, can you? But I think you know it's going to be a weird match if Nia is the one that wins Money in the Bank because. You know, it's a ladder match and knees are shot. <laughs> she doesn't seem like the most likely candidate to win such a match. <laughs> so, mm. I don't know. It's a strange, strange little booking mechanism, I think. But um, yeah, you know, totally that right. being said, it did make me think, you know, I am more excited now for the match than I was previously. So, probably did his job. Yeah, um, okay. Um, so yeah, that that all happened. Them shenanigans. Um, then the next kind of segment was Lashley in the back saying that... Um, you know, the whole shit we've had to put up with the last few weeks and so on and so forth with this storyline. Um, Lashley basically said that Lana is a distraction. And obviously she starts to get all upset by it. And it's like, what do you mean? What do you mean? And then basically he's like, well, because, you know, you're too beautiful and I can't concentrate, blah, blah, blah. And she seems to like lap it up and believe it. Um, then he obviously goes out to beat up Jobber of the Week, um, as he has been doing the last few weeks um, without Lana there. But for me, I don't know, it felt really flat because... You know, he would have beat that jobber anyway. Let's be honest. You know, the time he's yeah, lost, that's... he hasn't really lost like jobber jobbers. Um, yeah. So, like, I don't know. Yeah, you you know exactly what's going to happen when when they come out. Like, we can't remember the guy's name, so that straight away tells you. <laughs> I'm guessing, like, you know, do they even bother with an entrance for him now? Uh, these jobbers. Yeah, no, I don't like, think so. Just there's no, the there's no audience. It's for so. I know we don't normally get to see him on the on the the show show, but um, I imagine they don't even. Are they just in the ring? I think. Um, without digressing too much of confidence on Seamus last week, they just sort of waited for Seamus to do his entrance and then gently ushered the fella into the ring. Like that's how, <laughs> that's how little of an entrance he got. Yeah. Whereas uh, I believe normally when you watch it live, you actually get to see the mentor. But anyway, oh, yeah. that was a bit of a digression. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, uh, yeah. when, when it's that sort of person, you go, yeah, this is what's going to happen. You know, paint by numbers. It's, it's done for a reason, you know, when you're trying to build someone up as a beast, but um, we all know exactly what's going to happen. So that's like it. Saying. I think if it was if it was just building up uh, Lashley as a beast, then it would be you know would have been perfectly fine. But the storyline at play here is that Lana is you know a liability to Lashley. Um, but whether she was there or not, he was going to win this match. Like it would have been more impressive if they could put him against someone who was a legitimate threat, and he ended up beating them on his own. I feel yeah. like that would have kind of sold the story a bit more. Whereas I don't think anyone was thinking the fucking. Jobber 703 was going to, you know, get the win here. <laughs> exactly. It's, uh, yeah, it hasn't really done anything for that. I don't know where they're going with this story. They totally digressed away from, I mean, they have to now because Rusev's gone, gone. But uh, they totally digressed away from all that shite to this sort of, you know, he's happy with her, but he's not. And, uh, and he can flip tyres now. Okay. <laughs> Uh, fuck, I mean, last week, what were they thinking? Honestly, they were smoking some shite then, I tell you. When you look at a lot of the bookings last week, man, that, like, uh, was it last week? Or, no, it was last week, wasn't it? The Viking Raiders carpool karaoke was last week. Yeah, as well. yeah, last week, yeah. What it's, the like, fuck? it's like they just went, you know what? You can, if you win this competition, you can write Raw this week. And then some kid won it, and they just put a load of random shite together. And that's what we ended up with because it just it, it was didn't make sense to especially to what we have this week and what we've had the week before. It was random. It randomly fit. 
Yeah. But, I mean, you know, if you give it its due, it wasn't in flipping tyres, so I suppose it was better. Um, but, yeah. you know, if I, had, if I had to nitpick, it just it didn't make sense for him to be Flipping jobbers this time. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was that was another one of them that we had to kind of sit through. Um, <laughs> How long are we going to keep this going? Fuck knows. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but then, yeah, the next one I thought was a bit... Been interesting, really, because it was a rematch from last week um, with Liv, uh, Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot. Mm. Um, and I don't know, like last week, I gave quite high praise for their kind of match. I thought it was really good, and I assumed that was the end to their story. Um, but they, they kind of had a rematch again this week, and I don't know, it was, it was a much shorter match. Um, you know, it was still decent quality. Don't get me wrong. You know, Ruby, I've said before, is a fantastic worker and lives, you know, really coming into her own. So the match itself was fine, if, if not a lot shorter. Um, but yeah, it was, I don't know, just felt a bit weird and out of place. But, you know, Liv did go over again. Um, I, think, yeah, I feel as, like as a, a, a finish. Well, exactly. And I feel like a finish was better this week. Um, you know, she's now given it a name. It's now called the Oblivion, which I thought was quite good. Nice. Um, you know, so I don't know. I thought... Seems strange that they kind of repeated it, but at the same time, you know, it was still a decent yeah, kind of it, match. And the fact that I it wasn't... I suppose it still did what it needed to do. Yeah. You know, but like you say, that when you we've had this match already, and with all due respect to this week, because it wasn't bad by any means, like you say, but we've had this match better last week. So, mm. yeah, um, it, it did its jobs, but... Yes, it could have been a different opponent. I don't know what opponent you put it. I'm sorry, I'm mulling it in my head now. I don't know who you'd put it against. It wouldn't really matter as long as she got the win and and got to sort of carry on that bit of dominance. But yeah, yeah, it just seemed a bit needless. Exactly. And I think, um, to be honest, they probably don't know what to do next with her because, you know, they followed up with a promo that felt quite kind of real, but at the same time a bit, you know, bewildering where they interviewed her after the match and she basically said like... um, you know, she's just trying to figure herself out, like all kind of girls her age. And, you know, then it was, I don't know. She, I feel like they're trying to promo. segue away from the, the the sort of suggested lesbian thing with Lana. Mm. So they're like, oh, I'm just trying to figure myself out because I'm going to totally <laughs> ignore the lesbian thing. Uh, yeah. I think that's what's gone on there. But mm. um, why didn't they consider giving people what they wanted and put it in the money in the bank? Yeah, I mean, fucking hell. Like, you look at the people the, in there, fucking... There no are people, <laughs> plenty of people in there who but, could come. <laughs> well, I mean, Dana Brooke, we already know, you know, the other kind of um, participant will come to on the on the SmackDown results. But, you know, there's, there's at least two participants there who, you know, quite rightly, you think live as end enough to kind of go ahead of them and actually make a way into the match. But And there's the thing, yeah, WWE, we're not bothered about perfect balance. You know, if we had one less SmackDown person... And another raw person for the sake of having a more legitimate <clears throat> participants were fine with it. Didn't have to be someone from SmackDown. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it, it's going to be a bit of a, a bit of a crime, really, if she doesn't, you know, feature on the pay per view because she has been a little bit of a breath of uh, fresh air. Um, so it's it's you know, as you said as well, I feel like other than Lacey and you know maybe Sasha because I think we're both over Bailey by this point, and mm. it's no massive offense to you know Carmella or to Dana or to any other girls, you know, Naomi, they don't even really use, but the SmackDown women's division just looks like a bag of shite compared to Raw's at the moment. Um, totally agree. And the trouble is, and again, like you say, it's no offense to, to Dana Brooke, Carmella or Naomi, because it's, it's more of a booking thing. Like they are jobbers at this point. They're known as jobbers at this point and you can get out of that and you can be booked storyline wise, but not just suddenly thrown into a pay-per-view. It doesn't work like that. Like we, none of us believe you're going to win. Like, and it'd be a weird shock if you did. So 
like you say, it just it makes sense to go for a stronger division in Raw. It, it, yeah, really strange, really strange setup. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. I'm guessing finally the whole kind of Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot things over with now. Obviously, fucking Sarah Logan can't get involved because she's been sacked. But you see, this so. is, to be honest, I wonder sometimes whether this is like she's had to go against Ruby Riot again because the idea was that she'd take out the Riot squad and that, mm. that would be it. So one week was meant to be Sarah Logan and the other week was meant to be Ruby Riot because as um, as the rumour had it was that Sarah Logan was meant to um, be in the, not this week's but last week's Raw um, and she was meant to participate match-wise and didn't. Mm. Um, understandably, because of the situation, uh, and I don't know whether that's her saying no or someone else, like the management-wise, going no, you're not doing it. But um, it never happened. But I think that was originally meant to be the point that said Logan would be one of them. One of the it's purely theory on my part, but would have been. And it, from a booking point of view, it makes sense. She's she's pulled away from that group and she's made a point on both of them. But um, sadly, we can't have that, so we'll have Ruby Riot twice. Yeah. So. I don't know. It was it, it was just a weird match, I think, and the promo afterwards didn't really give me a sense of kind of knowing where she was going to go with it yeah. all. So, strange. Yeah. Uh, um, but, you know, I hope that they just do something with her because they've done a good job and she's, you know, really lived up to <laughs> lived up to expectation. Hey. Hey. Um, so, yeah, fingers crossed they do something with her, but, yeah, a bit of a strange one. I'm interested to see what she does next. Yeah. Slight side um, note. So have you ever seen her doing dares with um, Lacey Evans? No. Uh, you should have a look on YouTube. Anyone who's listening should have a look on YouTube. They do. They, it was, I think, when they were on the same roster, so they're probably a little bit old now. But it was about, um, I think the, the gimmick tagline was live your life. And uh, but she did like just at random times she'd be like, um, like there was one where Lacey Evans was listening to a song and live dare to just sing it like out loud as loud as she could right now in the middle of the public area. Uh, just little bits like I was challenging to jump into a river or something like that. But uh, just <laughs> nice little amusements. It's nice to see another side of Lacey Evans as well because she, she's always in character, do you know what I mean? Mm. But um, yeah, just if you're interested. If anyone's interested, have a nosy. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to check that out myself. <laughs> uh, yeah, so fingers crossed Liv, uh, Liv goes somewhere off the back of this. But interesting considering the money in the bank situations i'm not really sure where it's where, where it's going to go mm. um and then next fucking hell so this was painful um so naya had a promo backstage and she showed not only is she shit in the ring but she's shit on the mic um so this was a really bad promo um i, I don't know basically kept saying no one can tell her anything about uh, her actions she can do what she wants so and so can't tell me so and so can't. I was just, oh, it was so bad. I just wanted to shut the fuck up. And then she finished off with some weird little shriek. And I, yeah, I don't know. It was really bad all around. Yeah. Not good. I just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not good. Just, the, I don't know. She needs to just kind of keep her mouth shut, continue to be like a dominant worker, but, you know, not a reckless one. And then I think she'll be fine. This is, this but, is the problem WWE always have with, and I mean, absolutely no offense, Naya, if you're listening. The, when they go, let's book a, a big woman, right? Because they always want to book a big woman the same way uh, because they have no idea what to do. And again, they, they've sort of booked her because she's because of her size and her stature in the roster. So they don't care if she can wrestle. They don't care if she can speak. They, they hope that her stature alone will uh, be enough. But the trouble is, and again, without sound, uh, I don't think it sounds sexist, but slightly sexist maybe, is like from a like a behemoth point of view, when we're watching a show where you can see people like the big show who can rely on the fact that he's fucking huge. Um, she looks smaller. So we don't get that. 
you know what I mean? She's she's big compared to the women's division, but it's not like a Jesus. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, but they, it's just sort of the way I don't know. It's typically the way. That's why I I have uh, joked the last few weeks. That's um, same thing with Tamina on the other side. They're just they're interchangeable. The pair of them because WWE booked them the same way. Yeah. Anyway. No, I mean it's fair, and you know neither of them can speak either. So <laughs> yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's very true. Um, but yeah, so that that happened, and it wasn't good. Um, then the Viking Raiders um, had a segment. So this time, you know, apparently we were meant to take them seriously this week. You know, so last week they were doing carpool karaoke, eating a big fucking turkey leg. But now this week they're, uh, you know, fucking really angry. You know, really serious. Um, basically saying that they're next in line for the tag titles and you know blah 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 but I just I don't know I thought it was just really I mean don't get me wrong I prefer this kind of promo from them than obviously the shite of last week but it just this just goes to show the 50-50 booking of WWE in my opinion where one week you see one thing where the fucking like a, a comedy duo fucking you know eating turkey legs driving around in a car whatever and then this week the serious badass Vikings who you know, you meant to feel kind of illegitimate, and I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. No, oh, I totally agree. Um, the it was a real sort of change up from what they did last week, and this is what we're used to with the Viking Raiders. Last week was weird. Everyone was like, "Well, okay, are they becoming a comedy thing now?" <laughs> um, so this was more typical of the Viking Raiders, and it would have worked for me last week. Um, but seeing it this week, right after they've done that whole stupid carpool karaoke, it, it yeah, it was a bit odd and as it happens what they were saying I'm, I'm with you know they why not it'd be a bit of variety tag team wise there's not a lot of good tag teams on raw um at the minute especially like authors of pain and like are out aren't they um so why not why not have them in in the tag scene and go up against the the, the other guys um so yeah i'm all for them sort of booking towards that but yeah it was a bit bit of a strange sort of change around yeah yeah just weird, I think. I mean, it, it was good, weird, but I just think, like, you know, last week shouldn't have happened and then it wouldn't be such a weird, like, abnormality this week for, for it to go back that way, but weird. Yeah. Um, and then next was a match where don't hinder gender, baby. Yeah. is back. Um, did you ever know, did you ever think there'd be a time when you'd be excited about that? Because <laughs> I was genuinely happy to see this guy. I was as well, you know. Um, do you know what, though? That being said, they did ruin it because they did announce him prior to the commercial break. And I don't oh, know yeah. what it is at the minute. They don't just let people fucking come back. They have to spoil it some way, whether it's on social media, whether, you know, fucking 10 minutes before. Just let it happen. Just let his music play. <laughs> and everyone will be like, whoa. Just, well, I don't know. They wouldn't want you to miss it. <laughs> well, exactly. Um, but I don't know. Uh, it was nice to see him back. Um, I think it was good as well that they didn't kind of piss around with him and turn him into like a fucking Punjabi playboy kind of fucking stupid thing or anything. He was back and he was, you know, the kind of legitimate threat that he was previously. Yeah, I was, was really happy with that. I hate when they try and sort of book... I, I particularly hate when they try and book gimmicks based on nationality for starters, do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and I, 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 I hated all that, like um, when the great Carly interfered because, you know... They're is from Indian? the same place, you know. They're yeah. all the same region, isn't it? Let's go with that. Um, I hate that kind of shit. Um, so it was, I was made up to see him, and I was made up to see that it was like, just come back, good match, looking strong, no fucking about with any of that gimmicky shit. Yeah, I feel like it kind of landed really well. It was literally just a, a decent kind of squash match that, that you want to see from someone coming back who, yeah. you know, has look, been a previous world champ and is a bit of a beast. This is the thing. 
And at the end of the day, I wasn't on board from being champ the first time. I'll be honest with that, right? And that was because it was probably ill-timed. And I think it was down to the fact that WWE were, were sort of, they were trying to push that, like, look, we've got an Indian champion, you know. Um, but this time around, like, again, because it feels natural as a story, I'm totally on board for him having a shot at Drew. Don't jump straight into it, but if that is inevitably yeah. where it goes, because they've got that previous connection between each other and they can work off that. It works so well for me, and I feel that that's where they're going with it, and I really hope that is where they're going with it. I mean, yeah, <laughs> if 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 they go that route, I am I am all for it. To be fair, um, I feel like Drew is going to need a, a really really strong heel. I think those two with the history that they have, you know, they could do something quick, uh, pretty decent there with it. So, yeah. and as um, we've seen, I, I know um, unless there's been a big change, I know Jinder's not particularly great on the mic, but um, we know that Drew can sell this. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm fine with it. Yeah. So who knows where it goes, um, but, you know, happy to have him back. Um, then they cut to a backstage segment with uh, Caruso was out there trying to uh, ask Andrade about the US title match. And Selena basically cuts her off and says, you know, she'll never ask him a direct question again. Everything comes through her. So clearly she is, uh, you know, taking back the reins of, of whole being the boss. And, you know, if uh, Andrade is going to lose, then she's going to do what she can to, just not, you know, seem distracted or anything, which I thought was really good. Mm. Um, and then, you know, they have to push the Gaza lazy man thing. Uh, <laughs> lazy, lazy man, man. thing. Yeah, just didn't want to get <laughs> up. Just sat there the whole <laughs> fucking time. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he basically comes up again. It's like, uh, you know, she's such a professional, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, does she want to get better acquainted? And obviously she's uh, she's really fallen for it. So a bit of an interesting one, I think. It's, it's, it's more refreshing to see someone go for like a commentator or something backstage as opposed to one of the women's wrestlers. So yeah. it was uh, quite a nice little spin on it to be fair. And they are really pushing this car as a ladies man uh, gimmick. So yeah. And to be fair to them, you know, it's, it's really difficult to push it when there are no ladies about. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. So they've had to get a bit more creative because typically before now he was just pestering women in the audience. Um, hopefully, well, hopefully planted there or, he might have just been an actual well, you know, sex pest, and they were just like, "Fuck it, they can say it. he's fine." Let's not forget the uh, the beautiful looking camera lady from the previous weeks. Who, of course, yeah. Of course, was that's what I was there to work the camera. That's, of course, that's what she was there for pictures. Yeah. Um, so yeah, <laughs> um, so I thought it, it was fine. It kind of did it did what it needed to do. Um, got Delina back over as a as a really good heel manager, and you know. Um, kind of progressed the whole ladies man thing for, for Gaza so fair play decent segment um, then they went on to Andrade versus Apollo so after he bitch slapped the fuck out of him earlier in the night um, you know Selena booked the match and I feel like Selena was really strong here as well um, some proper old school vibes from her I think as like an old school manager she yeah it does really tweak your nostalgia doesn't it it's like she's doing yeah. it the way it was like we've not seen it in so long like that's it like you were saying, um, I think it was last week you were mentioning that like she's managing more than one client, and that just makes sense. Mm. Uh, but it's something that they haven't done in a long time. Um, yeah, everything about the way she's the way that they're putting this across as her as the, her as their manager is, is. And I know that they obviously are leading to some sort of heat between the team. Uh, but mm. again, I'm even intrigued how Selena will deal with that. You know, she's got mm. clients who aren't getting along now. Is she going to carry on managing them all? I don't know. I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah. I feel like I feel like she's really like kind of become a star over like the last few weeks, you know, more yeah. so than anyone in her stable. Like she's really stood out, like the commentary stints and you know the backstage segments and you know even at ringside. Like in in, in this match, she. I don't well, know, I'm she gonna say um, when this started, 
Andrade was probably the bigger name or the bigger draw. And that is certainly not the case now. So it's really interesting to see. Because like you say, she's she's the name you know. She's the person you recognise. She's the uh, entertainment on the night. Do you know what I mean? Well, I mean, that's, I mean, it also helps as, you know, she's a stone cold fox. But that aside, you know, she's doing her job well as well. So there is that. <laughs> um, but, you know. Um, I agree, so, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I thought she did, she did a really good um, role in this match. And then... Um, the match itself, I thought, was really strong. Uh, midway through, Apollo had uh, attempted a moonsault, um, as you said earlier on the night, um, and <laughs> he did he did do that in the match, and apparently tweaks his knee, um, which I thought was interesting. Um, then they kind of carry on through all the commercial breaks and so on and so forth, but he kind of perseveres through. But then after attempting a, a, a top rope move, he, he looks to injure it really badly, and then the uh, the ref kind of throws the match out. Um, so I think this was quite an interesting, different kind of angle, really, because they didn't have Andrade continue to beat up on it or anything like that. Um, you know, I think there was some kind of belief or, you know, questioning within the um, wrestling community of whether or not it was a real injury and stuff like that, which is... I believe always... he's no longer in the money in the bank. So I mm. don't know whether it actually was a real injury. Well, yeah. So, um, you know, off the back of this, they then obviously cut to something in the back um, slightly later on where he is on crutches. Um, he's got his knee kind of iced up and stuff like that, and we find out he's no he's no longer able to compete, and he's like crying and stuff like that. And I don't know. I mean, if there was some kind of legitimacy to it, um, you know, fucking hell, you you've got a feel for the guy. He's been, you know, he was a promising guy in NXT since he made his way onto the main roster. He's been kind of jobbing out. He was, you know, fucking him and Shorty G were getting twatted by Sheamus not too long ago. Do you know what I mean? And then he he's got an opportunity and. You know, he's doing a fucking a big slap like that and, you know, starting to kind of grow himself. And then if it was kind of legit or he was injured in some way, then it is a, a massive shame. But No, um, I totally agree. I mean, if it's legitimate, because that is the best I've seen him in a long time. Mm. It's very easy to forget that he's really good in the ring because of the, the way they book him. But that was a really good match. And it was a shame. I don't even mind the if it was a kayfabe thing. I don't even mind the way they did it and it was thrown out. But if that's a real injury, I do have a... a great degree of sympathy for him because that this whole thing was getting him well over yeah so I don't know weird really because he's now definitely out the match so um, I don't know whether they're going to play it off some kind of, uh, some kind of storyline or whether it is actual legit so it all remains to be seen um, then the next kind of segment of the night was the fucking street plebs um, started off as, as they usually do where they were just annoying as shit um, trying to do whatever it is they think that is cool or funny or whatever Um ironically they say that the Viking Raiders are dressed like a pair of cosplayers and I'm like have you seen what you two are fucking wearing you're yeah, dying like, fuck but you know <laughs> anyway that, that set aside um, you know they go on about how they can crack jokes you know with blah 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 but you know I don't know again is that what they normally do because if so I've it's fucking shite never heard a single fucking joke <laughs> I honestly I can't listen to them for more than a few seconds because I, I, I tune out like they're just so fu- do you know what it's like like very boring in a very fucking loud way. Yeah, like that is a really good way to describe it. And normally I am so on board and I am just like, fucking hell, these guys. And they started off the same way again. And I was like, this is going to be shite. But then they kind of just went into like almost just normal mode towards the end. And they were like, I'm not going to crack jokes. I'm just going to actually say, you know, you know, we're free next week. So if you want to bring it. And it was just like, fucking hell. So they can actually be normal, See, not annoying. But that's Bastards. all they need. That's all they need. Yeah. Right. I honestly think that he thinks sometimes that 
the way he's talking, uh, his mic skills are, are like up there with the rock. Do you know what I mean? But it's not. It's just fucking nonsense. Yeah. And I prefer that. Like, be normal. Be a bit more raw. Uh, and yeah. and like that. That like that. Yeah. Straight away. Like okay. Now it it feels like you're taking this seriously. Yeah. That works for me. But um, they're at kind of a point um where. Pretty much anything. Any time I see them, I'm annoyed. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> like, even, I even look for like little nitpicky things now. I'm like, why does he never look at the fucking camera? That's it. And it's only minor shit. But it, that's just where I am with them as a team. I don't. I, I don't find them entertaining even slightly. Yeah, same. Like, yeah, can't agree more. <laughs> so, I thought it was. I thought it was interesting anyway that they kind of went a slightly different direction. But I'm still not sold on them. You know, they're still the, fucking I do bathroom break material for me. Oh yeah, totally agree. But I do. I hope to keep going that direction rather than the. Well, I tell you what, let's uh, just accompany Bianca Belair to everything she does. Because yeah. um, did you know that you know you seeing Bianca Belair? Did you know that? Because if you didn't, we're gonna fucking ram it down your throat. Okay, now um, the yeah, best kept so. secret since uh, Becky and <laughs> Seth Rollins. That of course. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Still, still a shit segment overall, but you know, slightly more kind of refreshing the fact that they weren't doing their old shtick as they normally do. Yeah, not paid um, by numbers. Yeah. Um, then the next one was a match between our good friend Cedric. Yeah. Shout out again uh, to our pal Cedric. Um, and our, obviously our number one listener, Ricochet, who obviously must have uh, told Cedric all about us um, enough to give us a shout out. But those two took on a jobber team called Everrise. And this to me is where I get a bit annoyed because how the fuck can a jobber team have a fucking name? <laughs> and you know, dress yeah. the same and everything. And you've got a fucking main roster now, like tag team. It was still just Cedric and Ricochet. It pisses me off. It really does. Yeah, I mean, don't be wrong. The the their name Everize. It, it sounds like some sort of medication. But <laughs> um, yeah, even like <laughs> we as people already know, we're, you and I are big on on tag teams being tag teams, and we acknowledged last week that they, they started sort of dressing a bit similar. So you know, you're getting that tag team vibe from them. But yeah, why not? Why, where's the name? Well, that's it. And as you and I know, that if you take Everize, you also get pretty big on. Anyway, um, <laughs> so <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think that that was the only kind of um, annoying part for me was just like fucking hell, give them a name now because. You know, we've said every week they're fantastic. They, you know, and again yep. this week they showed it again. They were phenomenal, and you know they're getting some good tag team moves together now and stuff like that. Just, just go full in on, like, go like, all in, like no, no pun intended. Hey, go I, just uh, back them. Go all in with Everize. <laughs> um, oh, <laughs> thing is, like I. I and I'm not just saying this because um, because obviously Cedric done the uh, the message for us there, right? Genuinely, I, I'm I'm made up to see this with the pair of them. Like they were both kind of falling into obscurity. You know, Ricochet had a really bad run with that whole Brock Lesnar thing, um, where they give him like what thirty seconds, maybe slightly mm. more. Um, you know, it did nothing for him. But then they've they've sort of they're here now together. And they are a really good tag team together. And they're offering something to a division that is really kind of shit at the minute, especially Raw's. You know, I feel like SmackDown seems to have all the actual tag teams. Like, Raw hasn't got much going on there. No. So I'm I'm all for that. You know, I hope to see them in the tag team title picture because they're a legitimately good tag team. They work really well together. They're not just, you sort of... All right, don't get me wrong, Street Profits aren't like your, your big fellas, but, you know, Viking Raiders are like the, the big fellas, the powerhouses. 
and then you've got the street profits somewhere in the middle and then you've got these guys who can do the high flying stuff you know what i mean mm. so it, it sort of works as well you know I, I, I genuinely do want to see them heading towards all that rather than just you know booking against Everrise. That's it. I feel like I feel like you know together, like individually, they're both fantastic. You know, performers together, they kind of complement each other, and and they can pull off some of these like you know fantastic maneuvers. But as a tag team, which I think is really really you know refreshing in in that division when you have just got a bunch of fucking you know behemoths uh, like in the Viking Raiders or the Authors of Pain or mm. whoever the raw kind of tag teams are. So um, I I found it really good, and you know again they got another win. Which I think you know they're starting to build some momentum now. Just please name yourselves. Please name yourselves. Yeah. Just fucking hell, like it's so annoying. Just come up with something. I mean, um, we could play name that tag team at some point next week if you want. Carl. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't want to give too much away for our third segments, but I've named them. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> and it's not very good, but I fucking named them because I refuse to refer to them by their actual fucking well, Cedric and Ricochet names. Uh, during uh, the rest of this week in wrestling, I'm going to quietly try and come up with a name of my own, even though I probably won't. <laughs> Bring it on. I mean, it can't, <laughs> it can't be fucking much worse than what I come up with, but at least it's a name. Um, but yeah, so, you know, happy that these guys got another win um, under the belt and stuff. So I'm, I'm glad to see that they're like a legitimate tag team now and I'm interested to see where they go. Um, then after the match, randomly, MVP shows up and... You know, he did say way back when he was going to be like more of a manager now and stuff like that. And, you know, he's made the really savvy business decision to back fucking Shane Thorne and Brendan Vink. So that's dead good, isn't it? Um, apparently they're going to have a tag team match next week um, against... Yeah, because of course, like, you know, we were all like, ah, oh, who's going to manage Shane Thorne and Brendan Vink? Yeah, exactly, right? That, that's, you know, that's what we were all wondering. And It luckily, was a question you know, that MVP came us up at night, so... <laughs> um, um, yeah, so again... It's probably going to be a good match. I don't know why they're getting put against these sort of people, but if they do not win, I'm going to be fucking pissed off. Yeah. I Can't mean, throw MVP's out. name at it and make them lose. Bullshit. Anyway, sorry, I'm getting angry already. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's good, though, because, you know, previous weeks we've been like, oh, fuck, fuck Ricochet, fuck Cedric, the jobbers, they're not doing anything, blah, blah, blah. Since they formed this tag team, we legitimately don't want them to, like, lose now. Yeah. So they've, they've, they've probably won me over. I don't be wrong. I, I've joked in the past, and I've given um, Ricochet more than any, a little bit of shit, but um, they are, uh, like, he's always been a good wrestler. They've both always been good wrestlers, and it's, it, it is genuinely good to see them in this. This is kind of where they belong, really, for me. Mm, definitely. Um, and then, yeah, so the final segment of the night was... Um, the much talked about contract signing between Drew and Seth. Uh, don't know why every every fucking every time now there's a pay per view there has to be a contract signing. You know, but only for one random match because you know yeah. you don't want to sign them all because that'd exactly. be you could have a show of just signing the fucking contracts <laughs> for the matches if they did that exactly. So you know, um, yeah. So they have to have it. Um, and Jerry is out there basically blah blah blah. Going to be this that the other money in the bank bigging it all up. You know, picking up the fucking money in the bank match more than this match, which I thought was weird. <laughs> nice one, Jez. <laughs> um, you know, Drew comes out, and I say it every week, and I'm not sick of saying it. I do love Drew. He is fantastic. Um, he comes out straight away. It's just no bullshit. There's no, you know, we say it every fucking week now. He doesn't feel forced. He doesn't feel like, you know, something's written for him. He just comes out, and he's like, you know what, Jerry? You know how these things are going to go. I guarantee this one to go the same. It's probably best that you skedaddle, <laughs> make some fuck off out the ring, sit down. You know, he signs the contract straight away. 
And he goes, come on, let's get it done in 20 seconds. You know, you're the one who jumped me. Let's just get it done. And then, you know, it's just fucking, he's, he's the kind of guy, you know what I mean, in, in this kind of era of wrestling. Um, you know, he's like, he reminds me, he's got like flavors of Austin. Like not from yeah. not from a sense of like oh he's a, a badass you know rebel without a cause nothing like that but he's just he's no shit he's no nonsense he just comes out and he's like yeah fucking hell you know come on let's do it I'm I'm not asked yeah I mean I think uh, you're totally right and but quite coincidentally I saw um, a clip like I want to say yesterday the day before of Austin um, in ECW when he was um, talking shit about WCW and um, I, it like you say not that it was like exact to like oh this is oh, this is drew all over but i can see more of what you mean like there's definitely shades of austin there because this was austin and younger obviously ecw younger days but um yeah he went fully against like um bischoff when he was saying about like oh, oh you know please take me back and all that oh that's what i should have said but and it just um that whole sort of promo was like yeah i, I can see where you're getting the shades of um shades of austin there for drew because um it, it, not so much in his later days but he definitely had um had that sort of banter about him really yeah no, I thought um, I don't know. He's just he's cool. Like yeah, yeah uh, in, in a world of WWE where no one is cool, Drew is cool. Um, and... I like that that slight sort of fourth wall break he does. Yeah, not in the blatant sort of you know CM Punk kind of way where he literally goes, "I'm breaking the fourth wall." I mean, like where he like he acknowledges that contract mm-hmm. signings are a bit sort of played out, and this is typically how they go. Like that sort of thing. I enjoy because it's like he's not treating us like idiots as an audience. He's like he, he knows we're watching him for starters. He acknowledged that a couple of times. Um, you've mentioned a couple of times that he's, he's well aware of the camera, and it all mm. feels it makes it all feel very natural and very real. And I, I like a lot of that quality about him. Yeah, I think I mean it's more is like demeanor than anything else. Like you know, if you told Roman to go out there and be like, oh, tell Jerry to get out the ring and stuff, he'd be like, yo. I think you need to get out the ring because the big dogs, you know, and it's just like, oh, it's shit. Whereas Drew's, you know what I mean? Drew's like, you know what, pal, get out the ring because it's going to go pretty bad. So it's probably, you know, best for it. It's just, you know what I mean? Like, so much oh, more totally agree. Like, you, you get behind him. And that, that's where you're saying, like, he, he's, I, I would be shocked if you find out he's been scripted. Yeah. Like, you can feel it with Roman. You can feel how scripted it is. But you'd be very shocked. If you found out Drew was reading from a script, you'd be like, what? And that makes him a master fucking actor for selling it as well as he does. But no, there's yeah. no, like you say, it's all just too natural. He's um, he's definitely got some mic skills on him. Yeah. Um. So, you know, he comes out and he's like, he's, he's trying to get it over and done with straight away as quickly as he can. Seth has obviously other things in mind. Um. You know, so he's like, well, he doesn't want this. You know, he has to do it. It's not about Drew. It's bigger than both of them. It's just the fact that Drew isn't a leader and Seth is a leader and he's the light in, in the darkness, blah, blah, blah. You know, doing his, his really good heel kind of yeah. Monday Night Messiah shtick. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I, I, I really just really like this segment. I feel like they bounced off each other really well. Um, you know, Drew again was like, you know, thanks, Seth. I think that was really, really you know, really enlightening speech that... He gave me there, and you know things. Things are really clear to me now. And you're like, mm, you're starting to believe. Like, what? It's like you know, it's really clear that you're full of shit. <laughs> so <laughs> another, another, another shit bomb that has been dropped. So I think they're on like five or six now. Um, so definitely trying to fucking don't know breach the PG four PG thirteen to TVMA or whatever it is um, over there. You know, they're definitely on on the the borderline of that. Changing networks, and then it's all like this now. <laughs> Exactly. Um, so think of the yeah. children. 
Um, so yeah, he's he's basically saying he follows shit, and you know says where where's your followers, Seth? You know you you say all this about how you're a leader, blah blah blah, but you haven't even got any followers. And you I'm know, kind of glad they acknowledge that because he his his whole faction kind of fell apart pretty quick. Well, exactly. Um, and then he says, you know, under any circumstances, he's not going to let Seth win it. So you know. Last time he, he cheap shotted him, he jumped him, but he better finish the job this time and go for the throat because the money in the bank he's going to go for his. And I was like, oh shit. Um, and then, <laughs> oh shit, <laughs> there's some shit. Um, and then, yeah, Seth says, money in the bank, uh, the big picture is going to become clearer, which I thought was an interesting line. So I don't know whether mm-hmm. there's going to be someone else who gets involved in his little fucking Monday night messiah, fucking whatever. Um, stick that he's got going on but I thought yeah. that was interesting he was like it's going to become clear um, I mean it could be God we've had that before <laughs> yeah <laughs> Vince McMahon versus God one of my favourite storylines oh fucking uh, hell yeah but then you know what the best the best thing of the whole night for me this felt like something straight out of the fucking dark night was after the contract was signed Drew just fucking slammed Seth's head off the fucking table he bounced off you know what I mean it was like literally like the scene where Batman does that to the Joker in the Dark Knight I was just like oh, oh shit. yeah yeah um, and then obviously he starts to get all physical and stuff and then Murphy shows up so it turns out he's got at least one follower left yeah um, so he's he, got he one attacks. buddy <laughs> hey, uh, I'm here all week <laughs> um, but yeah so he he, uh, he attacked Drew um, then obviously Seth is kind of hugging him saying thanks my brother blah 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 and then you know uses him as a fucking pawn as he jumps out the way while Drew Claymore's Murphy instead so yeah I don't know great segment overall nice way to end the uh, show didn't feel forced didn't feel contrived and you know uh, I wasn't really that keen initially on the whole Seth and Drew thing but I feel like they are doing more and more each week to kind of make me invested and bring me into it so yeah. all in I all think, I, think you put, I think it was always going to be a good match but um, yeah, they're, they're doing some great efforts to actually sell you on on the build to that match. But mm. um, they, they're both good in the ring, aren't they? So it was never going to be you know rubbish to watch or anything. But yeah, in terms of selling it, they've certainly done a much better job in the last couple of weeks of it now. Yeah, um, I think for me, um... uh, just as a slight segue, because I'm curious, because it's come to my mind. Um, I am not a massive fan of the Claymore. Mm-hmm. And I wanted your feelings on that because as a finisher, I think it's a bit naff, if I'm honest. How do you feel yeah. about that? I don't know. Um, I see where you're coming from. Um, it kind of feels like a little bit of a, you know, it's like a big boot or something like that. But at the same time, it's got, it's almost got like RKO qualities about it where you can hit it from anywhere. Um, yeah. It can like, be like a surprise. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't actually mind it that much. Like, I know it's just a kick to the head, but, you know, all the finishes out there, you've got Hogan's leg drop, you've got the Rock's people's elbow. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's still. Kind of, I mean, it's put it this way, it's better than the fucking Superman punch. Yeah, uh, yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> but is it as good as the worm? Hmm? Hmm? What about the caterpillar? Good points. It's good points. Who did it better? That was another another segment for another week. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think it's a, it's a fair it's a fair point. Um, it's not the best, but at the same time, it's like an impact finish, which I don't really mind. So um, yeah, yeah. The, I, I suppose one of the reasons I brought it up is just because, like, obviously the the sort of buildings, like oh, Claymore Country and all this kind of stuff, and I'm just like not overly sold on the Claymore, but it's like mm. a big. It's a big draw, isn't it? It's a big thing. That's his move, and that's what they allude to all the time, and Claymore Country and this and the thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it just sort of came to my head, and I thought, I wonder how you actually feel about because you're obviously big on Drew. Um, mm. And, yeah, I was just curious how you felt about his actual finisher. Yeah, like, like legit, I don't really mind it. I think 
it's more the fact that he can just hit it from anywhere and he doesn't have to set it up. I know he does the whole three, two, one countdown thing, which you know I'm not massively keen on to be fair. But yeah, but um, I mean, if you look I, at something like Liv's, like Oblivion that, that she's launched, it's a kick-ass move. But we're gonna know that's coming every single time she does a fucking Irish whip. Do you know what I mean? So it's a bit like, mm, like in take that your regard, point, like whereas, with um, similar, very similar to the RKO in that sense where they don't have to signpost it, but they kind of do. Yeah. Like Randy always done that whole snake thing where he hit the mat and acted yeah. like a fucking cobra or whatever. Um, so you knew the RKO was coming, but similarly he could also just blindside somebody with it. So um, yeah, it it doesn't it has a very similar quality in that sense where he might signpost it a lot of the time, but like you didn't see that claymore coming to Murphy. Mm. So yeah, okay, I'll give you that. And to yeah. be fair, it, I suppose it's I don't know. I'm thinking about it. Now. I might be talking myself out of not liking it yet, but like it's not far far off like a super kick or something. My like guys, it really. And yeah. I always love Shawn Michaels' super kick, and it's not—it's still a kick <laughs> to the head, isn't it? So, exactly. I mean, that one signposted the fuck. He's literally fucking bouncing the ring for about ten times. With yeah, the different stomps. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, why is he know. stamping his feet? <laughs> exactly. You know, apparently it's music. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but yeah. So for me, I would say this was a much improved Raw over last week. Um, so I, you know, I'm going to give it a three out of five because I think it was much better. Um, there were, you know. The stuff that normally like fast forward material or stuff that pisses me off didn't piss me off as much, um, and I feel like you know the we had the gender return which I was really like sold for. Um, yeah. You know we had the whole live thing again where she's continuing to be a star, um, and then yeah I feel like the the, the kind of contract signing thing you know really delivered again. So for me it was a three. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I mean I've put it as a two and a half myself. Um, and I probably don't have as much legitimate reason for that. Like you, you've you've sort of quite thoroughly explained your three. Um, but for me, I, I probably just keep landing on the fact that like there's just there's not enough for me for three hours worth of TV. There's not enough that I liked, you know. Mm. Um, and I can't disagree with anything you've said. Everything that was everything that worked worked really well. And there was a lot more good stuff out of this than there was last week. But I don't know. It's still it's still three hours where I'm like, yeah. So yeah, it stays a two and a half for me until the um the like start doing a bit more with that time, I suppose. That's fair. So shall we move on to NXT? Let's do it. Yeah, NXT. <laughs> I know everybody looks forward to NXT every week. I can tell from the analytics, you love it, right? <laughs> so um, I'll I'll try and quickly run through this because it's um you know it, it is what it is. Um, so obviously we start out by uh, kicking off. Uh, further in this um, cruiserweight tournament, so we have Isaiah Swerve and uh, Phantasma, uh, with Swerve taking the win. So they're both, um, you know, one apiece with that. Not a bad match. I've not a lot to say about it, but I'll mention it just for the sake of the the tournament progress and the fact that they're both sort of level pegging on that. So it didn't it didn't harm either person this match. Yeah, you know what I mean, I thought it was interesting that um, Phantasma took a loss so soon. I know it's like a tournament setting, but mm. he's only just yeah. coming in, hasn't he? I thought they would be a bit more behind him. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because they want to they want to have him showing, uh, but he's already got one victory under his belt, and he would have dropped Swerve out of the tournament if he'd have won. So it's like, well, there's only one way this is gonna go. Um, mm. But yeah, it's it's a loss pretty quick considering he only debuted last week. But um, you know, it what I don't think it's done too much harm to him. Um, it wasn't a bad match, and it sort of makes sense for the tournament setting, I guess. Um, yeah, so. Again, unless you have any notes on that, that's all I need to mention on that match, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have, um, we then move on to a match with uh, Candice LeRae, who I've not actually seen in the ring for a little while, so it was good to see her back. Uh, versus, um, what was her name? Casey 
Catanzaro, I want to say. Yeah, someone I've not heard of. Um, and to be fair, this was for me. This was just like a, a bit of a build to this sort of heel couple that her and Gargano have got going on. Because um, obviously Gargano was there, he was bigging her up and all this, and and she's legitimately she's a really good uh, women's wrestler. I can see her going on to the um, to the main roster soon enough. Um, but they're obviously going into this sort of thing away from um, Tommaso, where they're both just a pair of pricks, but deliberately so. Um, so I think. As a match, it was fine, but it was just done. You know, she took the win. It was just done to sort of further that sort of heel development, really. Um, yeah, I feel like for me, she's she's a much better face than she's a heel. So I'm finding it hard to kind of get behind her as a, as a bad girl. To be fair, funny enough, I think that that can, the same could be said for Gargano, though, can't it? Like. Well, it yeah. doesn't. They don't really sit well as heels, but no. fair play to them. They're both really trying to sell this. You know, uh, we had that thing last week where they were they were being interviewed at home or whatever. Um, you know, and they they are they're trying their best. It's just it, I don't know. It's hard when you've got like, especially for Gargano because he was up against someone who was a legitimately better heel, even though he weren't playing the heel character at that point. Um, so it's like I don't know. It, it's difficult, isn't it? Um, but yeah. So again, passable, credible, sure. Um, right. So I, I, this next one was quite polarizing from what I've read, in the sense of like either liked it or didn't. Do you know what I mean? Like like it wasn't bad by any means but a lot of people either did, didn't deal with it or did uh, and this was the the, the newly bros show and mm. uh, i quite enjoyed it to be honest it tickled me uh i'm not a big fan of matt riddle but anyone who's not seen nxt uh and are purely relying on us for the information obviously it was done a little bit like newlyweds so we were getting a bit of info it was it, it was good to get info, information about this um there's a tim thatcher sorry i keep i just keep writing thatcher yeah. so i've not got it's, it's tim thatcher um so they're doing this sort of this segment to basically give us a bit of info <laughs> info about Thatcher, but um, yeah, I don't know. It just it gave me a little bit of a chuckle, and it didn't go on too long because it was interrupted by this um, is it Imperium this uh, this team, um, and they uh, they beat Thatcher down. So yeah, I mean it works in the sense of like it gives them a bit of legitimacy going into um, the the tag scene, which is what I think they're doing. I think these guys were, and you'll probably know better than I will, Carl. They they were originally associated with Walter. Um, so we've not really seen them as a as a credible sort of tag team on their own just yet. They're just sort of side pieces who take beatings, really. Um, but th- this could be good. That being said, Thatcher's not been around too long, so it was a bit of a shame that it was like that's the person who got beat down. Do you know what I mean? So we've not really seen a big showing of him yet. So that was a little bit of a mess for me. But um, again, I, th- I didn't mind the segment as a whole, and uh, I'm intrigued by this the, this tag team. Although it seems that the tag division is very sort of fast paced because it's like, well, okay. Move on to the next one. Let's, let's see who else you're going up against now. Um, how did you find this one? Did you did you enjoy this segment? Or because I know some people didn't really didn't you know? Yeah, I don't know. I was I was on the fence with it again. Um, I'm not massive on Riddle, and mm. I know that's probably an unpopular opinion, but I don't know. I just you know, I just I think mean, he's overrated. <laughs> I agree. He's I mean, to be honest, I think um, I think you either love that whole hippie surfer. Broseph bollocks, or you, you you love it. Do you know what I mean? It, it's I don't know. You mm. love it, hate it, don't you? Um, but I wasn't a massive fan on him, um, and I didn't know him until the Royal Rumble. He's some guy who came in with no shoes on. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but he's just like a fucking stoner, and uh, he does. I'll be honest, he does abuse me a lot of the time. So. Yeah, I, I don't know. So I, think, <laughs> I mean, fair play to Thatcher as well. You know, obviously Pete Dunne, who I'm I'm quite a big fan of. 
isn't able to be there. So, you know, this uh, Thatcher guy's been thrown into it at the, the deep end. And I think, he, you know, he's, he's doing a pretty decent job. And I think to your point, it's, it's a shame really that he was the one to take the beat down when, you know, he's just kind of coming into this and, you know, trying to make it work and stuff. So it was a bit of a shame really, but, you know. Yeah, for me, it would have worked better the other way around. Uh, I thought there's a reason that Riddle didn't, but, you know, uh, a bit of a shame. But all in all, I, I didn't mind the segments, you know. Um, and as I say, I think if it had probably ran on too long, it would have pissed people off. Uh, but they, they quickly went into this um, this bit with the Imperium. The Imperium? Imperium? Um, anyway, so we move on to um, Charlotte Flair versus uh, Mia Yim. Uh, now, these two work really well together. The match itself mm. was a really good match. Thoroughly enjoyed. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, I can't really say too much bad about it, which is unusual for me because I don't really like Flair all that much. <laughs> but um, to be fair to her, she's come out. She's, um, I was expecting some sort of, you know, almost squash because, you know, it's, it's Charlotte, so she's going to beat everyone. And don't be wrong, she took the win. So, you know, she still got what she wanted. Uh, but I don't know, even though she took the win and it was done on a submission, um, it, it, it worked. Do you know what I mean? It didn't make, as far as I can see, it didn't make uh, Mia uh, look like a... Like a bitch, basically. So, oh, you tapped out or anything like that. It was uh, it was a legitimately strong match for the pair of them, and uh, I actually enjoyed the whole match. Um, and then we had Io Shirai challenging after that. She wants a title match next week, which um, apparently she's going to get as well. So that again, another one. It should be a good match. Um, I've not seen them work together before. That being said, I've not seen Flair or Yim work together before. But if it's anything like this week's match, uh, I, I do look forward to it. It looks like. Um, so far, it's actually a pretty good run in NXT again for Charlotte. Yeah, I mean, she's she's very talented in the ring. I just think if she kept her mouth shut and it wasn't the Charlotte show, every opportunity she got, then it'd be much better. <laughs> because, as you said, um, you know, as soon as I see her or she like comes on me telly, I'm just like, yeah, I'm just not digging it. Yeah, that's probably why it was actually more enjoyable this week because there was a lot less chatty bollocks and mm-hmm. just a really good match. So yeah. um, and I think Yim, like uh, as you said, I think those two had uh, really good chemistry. So you know Io Shirai, who is next in line, I do kind of worry because if they don't have as good a chemistry as Yim, do you know what I mean? It's a bit like ooh, yeah, it's going to be a real sort of come down to this week's. Yeah. If yeah, if it, yeah, I don't know. It's I look forward to it. it. It should be good, but sadly they've sort of set the bar this week. So um, we'll see where that goes. Really, uh, then and. This is something that uh, I need to give you a lot of credit for here, Cal, because I dismissed this guy um, <laughs> very very quickly, and it seems I shouldn't have, because we had uh, Dexter Loomis. Oh, <laughs> my uh, my notes are boss on here because it's corrected it to Lumia. <laughs> um, okay, <laughs> so uh, Dexter Dexter Loomis versus Shane Thorne, and um, as it should, you know, Loomis got the win. And he got the win in the right way. He looked dominant. He looked like a scary or uh, sort of unstoppable. Like you know, Thorne wasn't hurting him. Basically, um, I think they've booked it really well, and he is he's looking in, sort of incredible in the next team at the minute. Um, and the the main point I want to make with this is that yeah, I totally totally dismissed him week one, and um, you were like, no, he looks there's something about him. He looks really good. Then week two they booked him strong, and here we are in week three, and he looks stronger again. And um, they're definitely doing something with this guy, and he, he fucking looks like he's going to be a, a legitimate threat in the in NXT and probably um, going into the main roster at some point as well. I mean, again, you know, obviously they're they're coming to our podcast to 
to get this advice, you know, from us. And, you know, I feel like this is just one that we help guide them in because, uh, you know, since the first time I laid my eyes on him and, and kind of gave him the, the endorsement, he seems to be going from strength to strength. So, you know. Okay. Carl, seal of approval. Another segment think, um, coming. <laughs> <laughs> no, this, uh, this guy, it was like literally the first time I saw him was then like two weeks ago or whatever. It was the first time I laid my eyes on him and straight away, he just, I don't know, he had it. Um, and it's it's refreshing to see that they are booking him quite strong. Um, you know, I was tempted in in my third segment to um, to call him up actually um, in my <laughs> WrestleMania prediction and have him against Randy Orton because I think that'll be something down the line which I'd to like to it. see. So these are bookings <laughs> um, that's like a year ahead of time. It's really hard to actually. I didn't realize um, without digressing, I didn't realize how hard it'd be to fantasy book. Um, something a it's year hard. ahead of time because it's like I'm talking about stuff that's happening now and it's like that wouldn't even still be going on in exactly. a year it's like exactly. really hard so you could have um, called him up man you could have yeah so I mean I didn't uh, in this example <laughs> but um, you know I, I, I can see him just as, as a creepy little demeanour and you know it's I don't know he just looks like a psychopath don't he? he's got this little I don't know Stranger Things style entrance music and he comes in he's just I don't know just dead creepy and he so I can see something there with him where you see I think that's that's what like the part of selling it this week and part of me going, yeah, you fucking called it with this guy is because he's coming across with that creepy sense. Like you say, they've got the atmosphere, right? They've got the theme music, right? And then he, he, he looks like, like he's sort of not bothered. Do you know what I mean? Like he's not, he's not mm. feeling the pain almost. Do you know what I mean? He, he looks unstoppable. And um, like for legitimately creepy guy to come across that scary. Cause it's like, Oh shit, I'm not putting this guy down is uh, mm. yeah. It was booked really well. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Now to my uh, mixed feelings one, this one uh, I'm up and down on for the reasons I mentioned last week because we're we're on to the next match in the tournament and it's Drake Maverick versus Tony Nestle um, and I, I deliberately pronounced that wrong by the way it's not his name <laughs> uh, and I'm I'm a bit up and down on it because uh, I really hope this is a story that's been built from the truth and I mentioned last week that uh, there's a suggestion that it might be a work and I really don't want it to be a work because that just annoy me but um, yeah it, this. That being said, these matches now are, they're all the more interesting, they're all the more sort of personal because there's that investment there. And um, yeah, this was for anyone who, who's keeping track of the, the, the Maverick saga, um, he, he took the win this week, so he's not out of the tournament, he's, he's, he's good. Um, and I don't know, if you, I'm, on, I'm getting to a point now where I can see him genuinely winning this because it's, it's just doing really well as a booking. But um, that at the same time, I still have this horrible feeling that they've, even amongst all these these uh, releases, that they've gone, yeah, fuck it, we'll put a story in there as well. I really hope they haven't, because that would be a scumbag thing to do. But I don't know. The more this is building, the more I'm like, ah, shit, they have, haven't they? It does make you worried, doesn't it? Like um, again, like the the way this is booked, you do, you are obviously really strongly behind um, Maverick, and you do root for him, and you want him to win, and then he does claw on back, and you, you do start to question, like, is he? You know, if if he wins next, like the next week, or you know, if whenever his match is, um, you've got to, you really have got a question, haven't you? Because he he was released and he was told he could work his next uh, three matches. So I don't know if he if he does get rehired. I can't. I said last week I can't imagine for the scumbags that they are. I can't imagine they've actually done this in spite of the people who actually legitimately lost the jobs. I don't think Drake would have gone along with it if that was the case, but. Mm. You know, if he does go through, I can only assume he's won his job back by the kind of the way his approach and the kind of following he got off the back of his release. But 
I mean, fucking hell, it, it, it makes you want to tune in to it next week and kind of see. Is he... thing, like this objectively, right? This match was was okay. Yeah, not a lot to it. But the fact that it was Drake and the fact that it's got all this around it made it so much more important to watch. So it's working. <laughs> but like you say, we need to tune in next week to see what happens now. And um, as he won his job back, that that would be actually kind of fucked up, wouldn't it? Because like, well, you guys book these things. It's not like he could have genuinely won. Like you have to <laughs> sign off on that. Yeah. And um, they have a history of not being on board with people building themselves. Look at um, Zack Ryder, historically, um, because he built himself up over YouTube, was sort of like almost put down deliberately because it's like, no, we build the talent, not you. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how they react to this sort of following the Drake's because he's clearly a follower now. People are well behind him. That was a really sort of uh, got you in the sort of pity of your stomach, didn't it, when you watched that video of him being sacked mm. and, and being as devastated as he was about it. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to see whether uh, not we'll ever we'll never get to the truth of it. Let's be honest. Even if it, it turns out he goes or he stays, we'll never get to the truth of whether WWE decided to keep him or not, um, or whether it was always a story or anything like that. It'll always be um, suspicions rather than anything confirmed on it. But even so, it's uh, it's crazy, and it's probably the the main thing I'm invested in with NXT at the minute. So <laughs> yeah. well done. <laughs> and the guy who doesn't even work for us anymore is the biggest draw to your show. <laughs> Um, so yeah so we had that and then uh, we move on to the, the main event of the night being uh, Keith Lee versus Damian Priest now I've enjoyed the build up to this I enjoyed the video package for Keith Lee I enjoyed the video package for Damian Priest I enjoyed the, the sort of shenanigans as it were last week um, and all in all it was, it was a solid match It was um, I enjoyed it I think um, the, the right I don't know you could argue maybe it was time but um, I, I personally didn't feel this way. But like you know, uh, Keith Lee retained, so he kept the title. He's still the North American champ, and he beat Damien. Um, and I don't know. I don't know how you feel about it, Carl. I think I don't think this is the right time for the Limitless One to to lose anyway. Uh, I think they need to carry on booking him as as the the sort of you know with this massive run with the title. You know, there's this beast. But um, that being said, you know it was a he's a credible sort of uh, opponent. Priest, so it wouldn't have been the worst if he'd have lost it. But I don't. I think it was just a time thing. It's like no, he could. He can carry on this run a bit longer, you know. Um, yeah. But all in all, it was a good match. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the build up. So it, it was a good payoff to that, you know. Yeah, I mean, um, completely agree. Uh, I think Keith Lee um, was doing a fantastic job. I thought the match itself was really good. Once again, he he kind of shone in in terms of his in ring ability and his, you know. Um, just kind of the way the way he goes about things for a guy his size and stuff like that. And as you said, Priest was quite a, a worthy foe. Um, I didn't really know that much about him. Um, I hadn't really pay, been paying that much attention to his stuff over the last few weeks, but he kind of, um, you know, he, he kind of really kind of shone in this match. And I thought the match itself, like in terms of quality-wise, was was really strong and it was a really good main event. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so that was NXT this week. Uh, for me, um, I'm firmly giving it a two and a half. I think... Uh, especially for me because I gave Raw two and a half. Um, this was probably on par with that. There were there were a lot of things that it's like it could have been better or you know, um, it, I don't know. It, there were um, the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm like there was some really good stuff in there. But uh, you could say the same for Raw. Raw just ran a bit too long, so uh, I'll stick with my rating. I think it's going to be a two and a half for me. Um, I I also had two and a half. Um, I think for me, so it got slightly less than Raw because there was like I don't know maybe four 
segments in there that were a bit like meh and then three segments that were really strong so I thought the Dexter Loomis match was strong mm. the Drake and Tony Nese match was strong and the, the Keith Lee match was strong so I feel like it finished really strong but the kind of I don't know the kind of wait to get there was a bit of a of a chore so for me it was kind of middle of the road mm. yeah it's a fair point actually it's funny how the uh, almost the first half of it was like kind of weak mm. Wasn't even like in segments, was it? It was like right that that bit's gonna be shit, and I'm gonna end really well. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, so that's um, firmly two and a half this week, guys. All agreed. All agreed. So oh. um, for <laughs> for dynamite this week, um, so yeah, it kicked off again with another really uh, strong uh, opening segment um, with the video package. Um, I don't know. I feel like they're they're really really strong um, in doing this AEW. Uh, I don't know what it is. They they just it feels like really high quality production, like old school WWE kind of um, stuff that just gets you kind of invested and bought into into the matches that are going on. But this was um you know like a, a bit of a hype package for Darby and Cody who are um going to be kicking off the show um that, that that we find out. But I just thought it was interesting because these guys have fought previously um, with Cody picking up the win. Um, you know, which Darby kind of attributes to being uh, down to Warren Anderson as opposed to Cody himself. Um, and you know that that match was 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 a really good match in the in the first time that we saw it. So obviously, uh, already you're uh, you're quite hyped to see this match, and it was an interesting kind of um, view on it, really, where you know Darby was kind of saying, you know, what what kind of champion do you want? Do you want the kind of corporate cheap, or do you want someone like me? Uh, whereas Cody was like, you know, there's no question Darby has got the talent, but is he a champion? And it was kind of a it was just an interesting way to build it. There was no like real animosity there between each other, but at the same time, it was less, you know, like we're both good guys. It was just more like, you know, there was still yeah. something there. They managed to find a, a bit of, uh, you know, tension. No, it worked really well, to be fair. Like you say, that they're sort of not enemies, but the there was enough there. Um, I think I think you've put it perfectly. Um, but yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed. It. And like you say, it's definitely got that sort of nostalgic feel to it like the, the way the way wrestling used to be i think that's probably why i was so enamored to aew in general but um this again is is it another fine example yeah um yeah so i thought it was a really really strong opening um and then we we kind of lead into that as our first match and you know what a fantastic match kick off the show uh darby is i don't know he's just so good um in the ring like he is just fantastic and you know he gets he gets kind of applauded and he gets credit for for what he does but you know, he is really, really good. And, you know, if it wasn't for the fact that he was only like five foot eight and, you know, I don't know, I, I could see him being a main event star. I don't know whether he'll ever get there. You know, if he is going to get there, AEW is the kind of company that you would expect to, to, to kind of see that. But he's definitely going places, uh, Derby. Oh, and, yeah. And if there's hope for him, there's hope for all of us. <laughs> well, exactly. As a fellow five foot eight uh, guy here, if I can just paint my face um, and, you know, do some sick sick moves, then, you know, who knows? Um, but, <laughs> Yeah, so I, I don't know. These these guys got really good chemistry as well. Um, so you know the match itself, as 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 was the first one, was just really really strong. Um, you know there was one point in the match which I thought, I mean, there's always shenanigans with Cody Rhodes. <laughs> um, <laughs> in, interestingly as well, this was the first kind of match where he's able to use his full name since he won um, the the rights. Um, after the oh yeah, of course we yeah we mentioned that last week, didn't we? And yeah, so they did, they did actually refer to him as Cody Rose, which I thought was quite nice. Um, but yeah, there was one point in the match, as as shenanigans go with Cody, um, where he kind of sidesteps an attack from Derby, um, and that happens to knock down Brandy Rhodes. And I don't know, I feel like for whatever reason, and it is mainly Cody matches, they're so overproduced, like... 
there is shenanigans in everything that he does. <laughs> there's, there's weird finishes, there's weird run-ins, there's, there's just weird shit all the time. And this one was kind of no exception. And it, it didn't need that really. You know, she, Brandy wasn't really doing anything. She wasn't adding anything to the match. And it was just like a bit of additional drama that we didn't need. Um, so she obviously gets injured and, and Billy Gunn, who was at ringside, takes her to the back and kind of, you know, tries to sort her out, whatever. Um, Fucking hell. Go ahead, Billy. <laughs> Ooh, he's an ass man. <laughs> <I tell you>. um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, that that was just, I don't know, felt a bit forced. But, mm. you know, that aside, the match itself was really good. And once again, we see a very unusual kind of different finish to the match as we did with all Cody Rhodes matches. So, you know, last week it was the uh, figure four where Sean Spears' shoulders were down. And this week oh, yeah, it was yeah. the fact that, um, you know, Darby did the coffin drop up off the rope. And um, he landed on Cody, but Cody kind of like moved to his side a little bit, and then it ended up being Darby's shoulders that were down. And... I'll, be, I'll be honest, mate. Like I, this fully got me. Yeah, I I thought Darby got the win. Yeah, uh, and then you're like, wait, what? And they needed to replay it for me because I'm like, wait, what happened there? Um, <laughs> so they, what they wanted to do fully got me. Um, yeah, I, I like you say, there seems to be sort of unusual finishes a lot for Cody but um, yeah th- this one in particular because the, the figure four seemed a bit more signposted with Sean Spears mm. this one though it, it fully got me I, f- I was like oh shit Darby's won and then it was Cody's music playing I'm like wait <laughs> let's go back on that let's have a quick look at that again and um, you could argue I might just be me you know it might have been a bit clearer um, but I certainly didn't pick up on it at first and I was like fucking hell yeah he did he got his shoulders down yeah well, I mean, that's it. It's you know, he's a he's a fan of the old school, and it was definitely refreshing to see. I just think it'd be nice to see Cody just win a match without any kind of fucking yeah or contentions <laughs> or yeah, just, just none of that. Just just like let him win. But yeah. you know, the match itself, you can't really you can't really argue it was a fantastic match. And unfortunately, Darby came up short um, again against Cody. But um, that means I Cody mean, advances. It sounds like Darby comes up short against most people. I'm here always. So, yeah, again, fantastic kick after the show, as AEW always does. Um, we then got the part two to the Scorpio Sky video package. So, you know, we mentioned last week that, um, you know, that we both kind of really enjoyed this. We mentioned around the Keith Lee and Damian Priest stuff on NXT mm. um, that, that we also really enjoyed. And, um, you know, this one was no different, uh, different again. Uh, he, Kind of, you know, for someone that we don't really know much about, it, it just does such a good job of kind of letting you know, um, you know, about, about the kind of struggles and the rise and stuff like that. And you know, um, our our pal Christopher Daniels was was featured in this as well, and kind of his kind of the way he helped uh, Scorpio Sky kind of um, on his ascension and stuff like that. And that's the thing because um, uh, people can quite easily overlook. I know I certainly did when I started with AEW. You just assume SCU have always been those three from the off, but obviously it was. Um, Daniels and Kazarian were there together. Not necessarily called SCU, but they were together before Scorpio. So um, you le- you get to learn certain things, like like you say, Daniels' involvement in Scorpio's rise and stuff like that. Um, and again, yeah. uh, you and me are suckers for these sort of video packages anyway, but uh, I, yeah. I, for me, it was another good one, yeah. Well, that's it. You know, he, um, he obviously had his uh, AEW title match against Jericho, which he came up short. And, you know, it was, it was kind of refreshing to see that you know, he doesn't just want to be kind of a main event star. He wants to become like a legend in the business. And, you know, it's those kind of video packages that kind of build that rapport with with these guys. And you kind of think, well, 
fucking hell, next time I see Scorpio Sky wrestle, I, I'm I'm going to back him now because I can see how much it means to him kind of thing. So, yeah, exactly. All all, yeah. It was strong. And then totally the agree. reverse to that, we have the MJF <laughs> promo um, where, but like, honestly, ah, to be fair, how... mate, like, I've been I've been feeling for MJF for a few weeks now. I mean, it, it can't be easy dealing with what he's been dealing with. Um, That's it. I mean, and it seems as well, like you know, with with this promo segment, it just it just went from bad bad to worse. You know, obviously we, we found out the horrendous injury last week with the hangnail, and you know we were hoping that he'd recover from that. And you know, he, he kind of let us know the good news that not yeah. only had he recovered, but he'd he'd like he'd over recovered to the point he had the strongest kind of nail now in the world, which was you know typical of someone of, of kind of MJF's prowess but um, I mean that's the thing he doesn't doesn't ever do things by half so that makes perfect sense you know that's it I mean like you know he, he was cleared and he was ready to return uh, to TV again obviously trying to look his best like he always does but then that's when you know it just goes from bad to worse because you know we thought it was bad with the hangnail injury but I mean then disaster struck yeah man he, you know he was shaving and he nicked his so- neck Take, take time, Carl. I know it's difficult to talk about. I know. So, I mean, yeah, just, you know what I mean? Like, you've got to, got to feel for the guy, haven't you? Just, you know, I'm, I'm kind of getting emotional kind of talking about it, really. You, you know, what, what an injury to have from going from a hangnail to then, you know, nicking your neck while shaving. I, it's... I mean, this is the thing. I mean, he's unsung MJF a lot of the time. I mean, people, are, they're always quick to give, like, Kurt Angle credit, you know. Mm. Um, but, you know, what about stuff like this? What about what MJ's, MJF's having to go through, you know? Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, you know, fine. Angle won a gold medal with a broken neck, but imagine if he had fucking nicked his neck while he shaved exactly. or he had a hangnail. It's, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, he doesn't, he's a fraud, really, Kurt Angle. In exactly. And well, what we can say without a doubt is that Kurt Angle did not win a gold medal with uh, a hangnail. Exactly. So, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, just again, just gold from him. I think he's a yeah, he's fantastic he's an absolute isn't he? legend. He, he plays the heel character so fucking well. Yeah, um, it's just a, it's just got such like comedic timing and you know his kind of demeanor, his attitude. You just you can't help but kind of just think, what a bastard. <laughs> so he's he's so good. For me, this is the kind of shit that like I don't want WWE to just out and out copy, right? But this is where they've gone right. Well, MJF, he's at home, right? You know, we're all isolating and all that kind of stuff, but you know, we can still do something. Whereas WWE is like, well, they're not going to see them. They're not on the show. They're not going to fucking have them. Um, whereas we're getting these sort of, these videos and this sort of like, obviously all in jest, but these sort of reasons why he's not there and stuff like that. And it's, it's gold and it's just added that little bit of fun to the show. And um, if anything sort of takes you out of what's going on at the minute in the world, it's AEW because they, they know how to sort of how to sort of deal with this situation, how to play this situation. And it's this kind of stuff that Raw is uh, well Raw specifically <laughs> apparently. Uh, WWE is definitely lacking. Yeah. Well no, I thought um exactly, yeah. It was just uh considering everything that's going on, if if he's not able to be there, you know, the they're, they're still able to use him, which is definitely something WWE can st- can learn from because you know, it's felt very samey or very kind of NXT based in, in WWE lately. So um, you know, you can actually put your stars still on the show <laughs> from, you know, different locations and you can see how well it can work from the likes of this kind of promo. So Yeah. I mean I don't play. know if you've heard of it, Vince, but there's a thing called Skype. <laughs> <laughs> and a few hundred alternatives. I mean, I think he's out of it. I think he's probably booked himself to beat Skype at one point in his career. Um, <laughs> so, you know. Um but yeah, so again, really, really good from MJF. Um and then, you know, another Another good match kind of followed that. So obviously Wardlow last week had uh, kind of resurfaced and he was pretty much Wardlow Lesnar. Um, and 
this week was no different. He was definitely kind of living the Brock gimmick. He came out doing his little skip as per Brock. You know, um, there was a, I mean, he just looked like an animal as 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 Brock does. You know what I mean? He was he was really dangerous. Um, there's one point where he kind of um, the guy was on the turnbuckle and he kind of pulled him down, did this really nasty looking knee. And mm. my God, I don't know whether he actually like broke his face, but that's what it looked like. You know what I mean? It, I don't know whether it was just wonderfully done or whether there was some serious <laughs> yeah. fucking bumping going on there. But my God, you looked at it, it was nasty. Um, and then obviously he finished again with the modified kind of version of the F5, which, you know, is what brought kind of Brock that um, success. But yeah, I'm, I'm all for it, man. I think Wardlow, you know, AW have said before is lacking some really big, kind of um, muscle-bound stars. You know, lately they've got Archer, they've got Brody Lee, but Wardlow was the first kind of one that we saw. Like, him and Luchasaurus were the only two that were big. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they really do seem to be kind of getting down, getting on the Wardlow kind of hype train in terms of a, you know, a Brock Lesnar-style push. And, yeah, I think it's it's much needed in a company that is kind of full of, you know, much smaller kind of athletes. So I'm I'm all for it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like you say, it's, it's one area they need to, to sort of buff out a little bit anyway, so... Uh, it works well and it was a really good match for him to be fair yeah I mean it did exactly what it needed to do and you know he, he's kind of looking more like a star each and every week so fair play booked well yeah definitely um, and then the next segment one of my favourites <laughs> over the coming weeks is another Bubbly Bunch episode um, and I again, thoroughly fucking enjoyed this <laughs> it's just like it's so silly isn't it but it's just so funny at the same time so like you I'll know, be honest I'm such a mark for the inner circle they're, they're all fucking they're brilliant they're just legends aren't they um, uh, aren't but, they just like they obviously followed on from last week's uh, flim flam challenge, and uh, you know, trying to discuss who actually really won last week. You know, it might have been the fact. You know, it might have been uh, Sammy had you know got the win and and <laughs> resultingly won the uh, hand sanitizer. But you know, Jericho wasn't letting it slide. Um, and then obviously they had a little bit of a you know discussion around that. But then they were saying, well, why not have a, a little bit of a Manitoba melee? And uh, that's when <laughs> they decided to all fight each other, but via video chat, which was. Just so stupid, but so funny. And like, there was loads of different uh, celebrities that kind of popped up in this. Um, the highlight being Lou Ferrigno, uh, who was with a taser. For some a taser. <laughs> um, but we also got to see Jungle Boy. We got to see Chris Jericho's dad in the uh, Vicky Guerrero as well, um, which I thought was quite funny. So it was really good. Just, yeah, just like so much fun as always. And you just these really segments, see the creativity in them as well. I don't know who's putting That's this it. stuff together, but absolutely every week is just it's always something to see. It's always really good. That's it. Like, it is so silly, but at the same time, it's not, like, you know, childish or, like, stupid. Like, it's silly, but, like, cool silly. So, it's uh, it's always good. Always good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, then, following that, we had... Um, so, the, the match that was announced last week, which was um, the tag team match, um, no disqualification between Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian versus the Best Friends. And, do you know what? I wasn't, I wasn't keen on it last week when it was announced. And I was like, oh, I don't really want to see this but you know I'll take a leaf out of your back Anthony I will eat my hat because this was really good and really really enjoyed it to be fair there was loads of different fun spots with the um, different kind of chairs and ladders Mm -hmm. and stuff like they really kind of made the the, the no DQ element kind of shine here Um, and you know Jimmy Havoc I've not really been that big on you know there's no kind of there's no one who thinks I'm big on fucking Kip Sabian because I think he's a load of shite um, <laughs> but you know for me you know Jimmy Havoc kind of really shone in this match Sabian not so much but um, I don't know it just felt like a really kind of fun but like interesting kind of take on it really and you know um, Penelope Ford got involved as did Orange Cassidy as they always do um, but you know the match itself was just 
really strong, loads of like decent spots, and uh, ultimately the best friends came up with the with the win um, off the back of it. So yeah, really really good for me. Um, I mean, the only thing I want to say on that is uh, I totally agree what you're saying about the match itself. Um, I do, however, think your comments last week were fair because it's still kind of like random and it's 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 just one of the things where I think I want to be fair and point out weaknesses when I see them in AEW and the fact that that's like, well, we'll put Kip and Havoc together because they're both British. It's like, I, I don't know. It's kind of almost lazy. It still doesn't make sense them being a team, really. But... Mm. Um, that being said, like you say, it was still a very good match, but I think your criticisms were fair because a lot of the reason we weren't too bothered by it was was that. It was like, you might as well put Pack in there as well. It's like, yeah. Um, but all in all, the, 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 what, the, what they ended up with was uh, a good result, so fair enough. Just you couldn't have seen it coming. Yeah, I mean, like, I just hope from this point now that it's kind of done with a little bit and they kind of just go their kind of separate ways because... It doesn't make any sense otherwise for them to to kind of be together, as we've already said. So now yeah. that the best friends have won this kind of altercation, I hope it's just the end of it now. But remains to be seen. They're going to end up being the Brit friends, aren't they? Ah, <laughs> oh, I would like that actually. Best <laughs> friends, the Brit friends. Um, so yeah, so all in all, it kind of exceeded my expectations, which is good. Um, we then went into another kind of segment with Brick Baker. Um, so around her kind of wanting to be a role model and you know her kind of typical kind of heelish kind of promo stuff, which is fine. But I don't know. I feel like they've not done a good enough job of capitalising on you know what happened a couple of weeks ago where she got busted open in the match and it was like she looked a bit like a badass and you mm. know it was kind of like that Becky Lynch moment, wasn't it? Where it's like holy shit, she's you know legit now. Um, yeah. you know, they made a t-shirt off the back of it and stuff like that but now they've kind of gone back to the old kind of well I'm a dentist and but I'm also you know a bad person and I, I don't know it kind of it just underwhelmed me I think based off that I thought they would have done more with it yeah no I, I agree I think um, and I don't know if it might be a victim of the situation uh, that they can't maybe do what they, they would like to do with her so it's it's causing it to stagnate but um yeah, sadly, it's it's getting back into a bit more routine rather than, like you say, that, that breakout moments or anything particularly memorable or badass. It's all just becoming a little bit routine, isn't it? It's like, I'm a dentist. Okay, cool. Yeah, and it was like, um, she went so far back as to like, go on about Tony Schiavone again, about how he's like fat and he's got bad teeth. And it was a bit like, fucking hell, you were doing this when you first started to oh, come like, here. For fuck's sake, me. Brit, we all know he's fat and he's got bad teeth. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It was just uh, it didn't. It felt like a step back for her, which was a shame. Um, and then the next segment was uh, Sean Spears against the Jobber. Um, I don't know. I feel like he's leaning a bit more into like a little bit of a new gimmick um, because well, he needed to drop the old fa- fucking one. <laughs> well, he's like he's embracing the fact he's Canadian now. So um, he's you know, Canadian. He came out with like <laughs> he's Canadian. Um, you know, he came out with like a little. Um, Canadian flag on his shorts with a skull, very kind of Bret Hart-esque. Um, interestingly, finished the match with a sharpshooter, which we came to believe he was actually gifted by Bret Hart. So Bret has actually given the kind of um, seal of approval to use that as his finish going forward, which I thought That's was interesting. Nice. Yeah, I believe it's always um, the respectful thing to do as well, to get the um, the sort of nod from the, uh, not necessarily the person who originated, but the one who, who's made it most famous. So it's um, it's nice to see that that's happened. It's almost like a passing of the torch kind of thing. Isn't it? Yeah, which I think, I mean, I don't know how much of it has got to do with the fact that he's a fellow Ontarian because, you know, they're both from Ontario. Um, so I don't know whether mm. that's kind of something to do with it, maybe. Um, but 
yeah, I don't know. I I was kind of surprised really because you don't think of Sean Spears being the one that Bret Hart passes <laughs> passes the torch to. Do you know what I mean? But no, that you being don't, said, I don't know. It's just a weird one with him because he's got he's got some serious in ring talent. You know, he's not the best, but he's you know he can go. Um, I just think he's got a bit of an identity crisis. You know, the whole chairman thing, as you said previously, was. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's a load of shite. It doesn't mean anything. He used to come out with a chair. He used to have a manager. And now he doesn't do either with them. But he still goes by the name Chairman. And I don't know. Now he's discovered he's Canadian. He just he needs just to kind of solidify what that gimmick is and, and who he is. And I think that'll just, you know, put him in some good stead. Because, you know, while it was never kind of the main event gimmick of, you know, you'd expect, like, even when he was perfect 10, he, he had something. Whereas I feel like his gimmicks probably got worse in AEW than it was even in... WWE so I don't know he just needs to find I, himself I think I could be wrong but I think he might have been a victim of his own freedom like I think he was like what can I do and then he's come up with this chairman thing and not realised he didn't know where the fuck to go with it hmm. so what do you do with it like chair man it's like he looked around the room like what yeah. can I be but yeah. uh, I don't know um, hopefully he, he finds his feet with this now and it doesn't being Canadian isn't a gimmick uh, if you're listening Sean <laughs> so don't lean into it too much but just be a fucking good wrestler and embrace the fact you're Canadian, apparently. We're just... It's not a gimmick, eh? Exactly. <laughs> it's not all about... <laughs> well, it's, uh, no, the bottom line, a lot of the a lot of the best wrestlers, they, they went out and it, everything kind of happened organically, didn't it? Like, you know, Austin, the whole um, broken skull thing and the whole being a, a tough bastard, as, as most of his gimmick was down to what happened to him in the ring. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't down to... He didn't just sit there and go, I'm going to do this. Um, so I think he just needs to kind of just not to worry too much about being gimmicky and just go out there and, and put on some good matches. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I just think I don't know. I just, I mean, and don't don't get me wrong. I hope he does find that as well. But just up to now, he's, he's felt a bit inconsistent. I think so. Who knows? Um, and then the next match was the um, again we found out about this last week, um, and I also had questions around how this ever got booked, but. It was Brody Lee versus Marco Stunt. So fresh off a hammering from Lance Archer. Um, now Marco Stunt has to go through Brody Lee. And no surprise, um, ends up getting slaughtered again. So I don't know. It's just one of them. I don't really know what it accomplished. Um, even last week when it kind of came about and he, um, Brody Lee kind of went up to him at ringside and stuff like that. I just I didn't get it then. And I don't feel any kind of, you know, I'm none the wiser now. Um, See, for me, this, this didn't work for me as well because like, Brody, from a character point of view, Brody shouldn't want this match because mm. what does it achieve? Like, if he loses, he looks at a right tit, mm. and if he wins, he beats someone who he knew he could win quite easily. Like, yeah. it does nothing for Brody, and you can see that from a from a storyline point of view, Brody should have seen that. So, I I don't get what this was. Like, if you were going to put the surprise victory for Marco in there, sound, but that would have not done anything for Brody. So, like, what? Like, yeah. we, it, it had to go the way it did. And all it does is squash Marco stunts even further. Like he's gonna be flat as a pancake soon, that lad. And um, yeah, it just it, I don't know. It, That's it. I mean, I think I think you've hit the nail on the head there. Like, why would he ever go for that match? It wasn't like he was trying to recruit him for the Dark Order or you know use him as one of his cronies or anything. He literally just wanted to beat up a tiny little guy, which doesn't make any sense. So which seems to be a thing that everybody on AEW wants to do at some point. <laughs> well yeah um, but you know as as we said you know we're not even though we are AEW fanboys we're not going to 
just give them a pass on stuff. Like, you know, there's a few things here now where, you know, it just didn't really make any sense or we weren't really happy with. And I think this was just another example of it. It just seems silly. I agree. Um, so hopefully yeah. they stop doing shit like that. Yeah. Um, and the next one, and I don't know, I'm, I'm in the minority here, I feel, but it was a Moxie promo and I'm just not a fan. I just don't get him. Like, honestly, I just, he's another one who thinks that he's having a bit of an identity crisis. He's come over, you know, He's trying to like maintain elements of this fucking lunatic fringe. Whether or not he, he said it's a stupid gimmick or what, in the WWE, like he's meant to be this psychopath, isn't he? Right? Mm. But he's not. He really isn't. He's a, you know he's far too blue chip to be a psychopath, but he's far too psycho <laughs> to be the fucking champ. So I don't, I can't place him. Like he comes across as just meh. Like he's like he's the champ. It's like okay, fine, but then. I don't know. It's just, you know, he comes out, he's like, I'm a fighting champion. You know, I'm a targeted man. Everyone wants me a double or nothing. But the thing you've got to remember is, you know, you need, you need to remember what you get yourself into. I'm, I'm a crazy guy, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, finishes the segment by going, and then remember, everyone needs to call the grandmother. So like, what the, f- what, what, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, yeah. I don't know. So you, any sense. The bits that don't gel with me is like, uh, um, I, I firmly believe if you have to tell somebody something, that's because you're not. Yeah. So the fact that he's he's telling you he's crazy and you know everyone's gunning for he's, he's, he's lunatic is like it's because you're not. That's what you want to be perceived as, but that's not what you're coming across as, and that's why you have to sort of tell us that. Um, but I'm with you. I, I'm not overly sold on it. I think I I think you've hit the nail on the head really in the sense of like he's sort of having a bit of an identity crisis. He's sort of he's gone. I can be myself now, and then gone. Who am I? Because. <laughs> He's kind of, yeah, he's not a far stretch from what he was in WWE anyway. I know anyone who is listening who's like, he was, he was, you know, he was the lunatic in a sense in Ring of Honor and he was much more edgy and all this is like, yeah, don't care. Um, he's, he's closer to the WWE Ambrose than he was Moxley Ring of Honor as far as I'm concerned. And um, I don't know. I, I was never really sure how he was going to be as a champion anyway. Um mm. And sadly, it's and I don't want to be too unfair because you know a large part of his run has been to no audience and such. But um, you know he didn't start out that way. He could have had he, I don't know he could have been well established by this time anyway. But um, yeah, he's not wowing me as a champ. I'll be honest. No, I mean you like ages ago were, were like so right when you said like why would someone like Moxley want to win the belt? And it's still it's still a very fair statement because. You know, you know what I mean? Like, if if he is meant to be this dangerous guy or he's meant to be, you know, some fucking freak or whatever, then why does he care? And then, you know, if he is going to go down that gimmick, okay, that's fine. But then don't start trying to add in weird elements of humor. Like, you know, you need to remember to call your grandma and stupid shit like that. Like, I don't know. I just, I, I don't, I don't get him. Yeah. So, yeah, the humor bit isn't like, <laughs> look at him, he's crazy. He's all over the place. He don't know what he's having. That's it. I mean, like, humor can be good if you're funny. And he's not funny, so no. he just shut up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That's I don't the bottom know. line. The jury's out for me on Mox. But, um, yeah, he did a promo, so he's going to be there next week. I think he's fighting Kazarian next week, which is interesting. Um, so, mm. yeah, strange. Yeah, that would be interesting. Um, and then the main event was the other side of the bracket for the uh, TNT title. So it was Lance Archer versus uh, Dustin Rhodes. Um, and really good match for me. Um, so I think Dustin did it. You know, he accompanied... Um, I mean, he achieved everything that he that he wanted to do, kind of with this. Really, he he like really put over um, Lance Archer in the way that he's very capable of doing. Uh, one minor gripe <laughs> um, of this match. So earlier on, Brandy got um, 
you know, injured by Derby, you know, inadvertently, and Cody was kind oh, of like, oh yeah, you said away, blah, uh, blah, Billy Gunn was seeing to it, yeah. Yeah, you know, he gave it a yeah good scene too. Um, but you know what I thought was weird was she's been through all this and injured and blah blah blah, but she still managed to find the time to get changed into some black and red outfit to match Dustin Rhodes and then like firstly why why do you need to change your outfit anyway? Just you know what I mean, just just accompany them. You don't have to dress like them. Well, that's true. But um, yeah, just a minor great, but I just thought that was stupid. Um, it's like it doesn't really sell the whole injury from before, does it? <laughs> well, exactly. Um, but yeah, so um, the match itself though was really good. Um, Dustin kind of sold everything. Really put Archer over here. I think um, got busted open halfway through. Um, but again, you know, wherever Cody is involved, there is also overbooking, <laughs> and this was another prime example. So um, towards the end of the match, um, I forget the guy's name. Fucking. TJ Sutton or other, or I can't remember what his name is, but one of the guys from the fucking Nightmare Collective, um, like the little trainer guy, was about to throw the towel in, um, and then Cody appears out of nowhere and stops him. Um, and they're all kind of like, oh, why, why, why? It was a QT Marshall. He seems that's to be the one. There, I knew, yeah. yeah, that was it. I knew there was some. Two I keep forgetting he's in the Nightmare Collective. Yeah, um, family group. Exactly. Yeah, um, but he, he was going to throw the towel in, um, but then Cody kind of showed up and was like, no, you know, he'll quit if he wants to. And then basically Archer just went and like slammed his <laughs> head that. off the fucking... So he's unconscious, he'll quit <laughs> if he wants to. Exactly, right? So um, Archer then went about um, slamming Dustin's head into the, the, the mat like another five or six times before getting the win. And then, you know, early on in the night, him stepping out the way and Brandy getting hit. And then towards the end of the show, you know, Cody being like making Dustin take unnecessary damage just kind of made Cody seem like, I don't know, displaying in a bad light when... He's meant to be the baby face going in against Archer, which it's I funny, was weird. you know, because when Archer first came along and he was like, basically, you're not, you're not entitled to a match with me just yet. Was a little bit healy as well. Yeah, and yeah, so, it's unusual. I don't know. I know they've always said that they're not going to technically stick to the heel face dynamic, and it is going to be a bit more grey. But even so, it, it just. Yeah, it seems like he's being a bit of a tit in this one, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't know. It was just a didn't seem like the most kind of fucking sensible thing to do when you're meant to be building up Cody as a big baby face against Lance Archer. But exactly, yeah. Whatever, leading to it. Um, but you know, that being said, I thought the first half of Dynamite was really, really strong. Um, it kind of lost its way a little bit in the middle with like the Sean Spears and mm. Brody Lee match and stuff like that. Uh, but then I thought the ending wasn't amazing, but it was still you know strongish. It was so. Solid end, yeah. Yeah, solid end, kind of. Um, so that being said, I, I kind of gave it a three as well um, out of five. Yeah, I think uh, I was in largely the same boat. It wasn't the best dynamite I've ever seen. wasn't the worst dynamite I've ever seen, but it was firmly a, a three for me. Um, certainly better than Raw or NXT this week. Yeah, agreed. Cool. Right, so shall we go into SmackDown? Let's do it. Let's do it. So um, it opened quite well, actually. I enjoyed it. Um, and quite surprisingly, or you might find quite surprisingly for me, uh, I enjoyed um, the, the whole sort of very much, by the slight bit at the end, I enjoyed the whole thing of this. And this was um, Daniel Bryan coming out, cutting a promo um, on, he's having a match with uh, with Corbin today. Um, and he sort of comes out to say a few bits about um, basically well, <laughs> the, the whole th- sort of thing, pointing out a lot of the stuff that we feel about Corbin and stuff like that, um, pushing towards the money in the bank thing. Um, and then obviously we get Corbin coming out and sort of rebuttaling a bit. And then it, it leads them into the, the opening match was actually Corbin and, and Brian. But um, I don't, I'm not normally 
a fan of anything Corbin does. But to be honest, the the work he did with Brian, the promo from Brian was really good. The promo or response from Corbin, admittedly not as good as Brian, but was still very good. Um, the match itself was good quality. They worked really well together. The the finish, which you might think I'd have an issue with, being a, a DQ again made sense because they're both going into to money in the bank. So you don't want to sort of have the definitive answer of who's better out of the two of them straight there. Do you know what I mean? Um, the only bit I didn't like about this opening, about the, the promos and the, and the match itself, was this weird, for me anyway, weird inclusion of Shinsuke and Cesaro. Like Corbin seems to be part of this faction now. Um, I don't know if that's going to be the case when Zayn comes back, but he just seems to be part of this little group that they formed. Uh, is, he, is he one of these art? What are they called? What was the team called? I can't even remember what they fucking called themselves. Mm, yeah, can't remember. Yeah. So artist, I don't. I want to say collective. But artist like collective. Like, was it artist collective? I feel like I'm just leaning yeah. towards uh, the nightmare collective. You say, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, is he part of that or like why are they suddenly backing him? You know, I don't I didn't get that. But otherwise, the opening I thought was pretty solid, and I, I don't often enjoy work from Corbin, so I was quite surprised by that. Um, how did you find it, Cal? Yeah, similar. Um, I thought Daniel uh, Daniel Bryan's promo kind of really. It was a fantastic way to kick off the show. Um, I'm not going to be as uh, nice as you on Corbin. I still think he's a piece of shit. Um, so, um, don't me wrong, I'm not a fan, but uh, <laughs> this is some of the better stuff I've seen him do. Yeah, I don't know. I just I, I, it's probably my bias filter, but even like I don't know. I just like oh, after after a really strong Brian <laughs> promo, I was just like fucking hell, this guy. And then the match was a bit like oh, and then it kind of ended in a bit of a schmoz. Which yeah, I get it. It, it makes sense. Um, but then again, as you've said, like why? Um, fair do Sami Zayn's not here, but don't make fucking that Belland the new fucking leader of the collective. <laughs> even if I don't even mind, like the it's my issue's not even with Corbin in that sense. It's like why are Shinsuke and Cesaro just aimlessly wandering around looking for someone to lead them? <laughs> I know. I mean, fucking especially uh, you know, fair do Cesaro, you know, hasn't had the best of fucking times, has he? But you know, Shinsuke is a former fucking you know. Intercontinental champ and US champ and everything, hasn't he? So, you know, you think he would uh, have a bit of nose about him, like he wouldn't need to follow someone, but... Yeah, but that, that's what makes it feel really strange to me, is like, well, you know, y- you're acting like lost puppies. Mm. Like, I'm sure your owner will come back at some point, but stop being fucking weird. Um, but yeah, all in all, other than that, other than their inclusion, which I wasn't a, a big fan of, it was it was decent. Um, and then we move on to, um, to Braun Strowman. Um, this... I still enjoyed it. I'm not going to be unfair to it because I always enjoy a good Firefly Funhouse, right? But you knew exactly what was going to happen. It's the only thing I'll say. He comes out to talk about the upcoming match, is interrupted by the Firefly Funhouse. Bray does his bit. Um, I did enjoy the way he done it because he, he treated it like a like telling a kid's story, the story of the black sheep, um, which I thought was really good. Um, Braun ultimately is like, oh, we, you know, if you want to talk we'll talk face to face i'm sick of all these puppets and all this sort of thing and um it sort of ends with a bray sort of smiling creepily at him and um braun again coming across a little bit nervous which is is good because they're not booking it like braun's overly confident with winning this do you know what i mean mm. um so it wasn't bad but it was predictable so i, I don't know i don't want to be too unfair to it because i i do enjoy the firefly funhouse i think bray's fantastic at, at selling these things um and i am looking forward to the match so it done everything it needed to do but there was nothing, you know, is exactly how you'd expect it to go. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I thought, um, for me, it was mainly like the ending that I thought was a bit weak because, 
you know, Braun cuts him off, doesn't he? He's like, you guys did say it, my face. And yeah. Like, bye, bye. And just like leaves. So, I don't know. Mm. And yeah, then, as my, yeah, it wasn't Me, best. I was expecting him to turn up. Mm. I was expecting it to be like, it almost seemed like he weren't going to, and then he'd just suddenly be there, do you know what I mean? But they didn't do that, so I, I don't know. Yeah, they're going to come face-to-face. I think they've announced it for next week, because like you said about WWE, that's announced everything beforehand, so it's not surprising. Um, of course. <laughs> but yeah, it, again, it wasn't bad. It just wasn't great, and it did exactly what it needed to do, so I'm not being too unfair to it. Um, and then we move on to Sheamus versus, um, I don't know, some bloke. And um, I don't... This is really kind of pissing me off this to be honest because it's like what is the motivation for this feud so basically Seamus squashes another random bloke right as he's been doing the last few weeks and then goes over and hassles Cole as he's been doing the last few weeks and then he's like going to Cole oh I bet you're going to talk about your pal or something like that and yeah he is because funny enough uh, Cole doesn't decide when these things are, are done there's a video package coming up and he's going to tell the audience there's a video, video package coming up it's like the treating the, the character of Seamus is just totally angry and dense about how the show works. That That's all I can say. That he's he's upset with Jeff and Michael Cole because the video package happens to be after his match. Mm. And it's like, do you not get how these things work? Exactly. Take it up with the guy in the uh, production. Uh, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> it's making him look stupid. But yeah. Uh, yeah, and then he's basically like saying like, Jeff's going to be here next week uh, and Seamus is going to be there too. And it's like, like, imagine, if you will, Jeff hasn't bothered watching your matches, Seamus, which is likely, right? <laughs> and he turns up on SmackDown because that's his job. And then he suddenly gets accosted by an angry Seamus because he exists, basically. Like, yeah, how weird and <laughs> random Michael, is Because Michael Cole spoke about him. <laughs> like, that's his fault. If he says anything other than, what's your problem? <laughs> then, it, 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 I don't know, that, that's all. Like, it just... There's really no legitimate build to this feud. They're going to end up having a match because Sheamus is upset about the order of the show, basically. Mm. I don't know. Like it's, yeah. it's A large part of his gripe seems to be with the production team, like you say. Uh, I don't know. Um, so all just a little bit of shit, to be honest. They could have... I don't know. If, I, I can't even genuinely remember any history between these two, so that's probably half the problem. But um, I, I don't. they could have built on any number of... I don't know. Um, Seamus just seems like a bit of an aimless... Uh, aimless Seamus. Yeah. But, uh, since he come back, he's he's hassled Apollo Crews and Shorty G and then squashed random jobbers, announced he was going to be in an elimination chamber that never happened, <laughs> hasn't entered into Money in the Bank, I don't think, and uh, that's him. Uh, oh, the thing you're forgetting here, Anthony, is he um, announced he'd be there on SmackDown next week, so that just means he's not going to be there. <gasps> that's true. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that'll never happen now. Thanks, Seamus. So yeah, all very strange. Not quite sure what the uh, the motivation was there. Um, yeah, so we'll move on to that. Uh, we had a match between Mandy Rose and Carmella to decide who was going to enter into Money in the Bank. Don't know how to feel about this because um, it was Carmella who enters into Money in the Bank. And I feel a little bit bad for Carmella because it wasn't even like legitimately because it was clear that it was because of the distraction from Sonya Deville who came out to mm. hassle Mandy Rose for a bit. Um, so it was like, well, you probably shouldn't have been in Money in the Bank, but she, she got a bit distracted by that angry mate of his. Um, and they're obviously building towards an inevitable match, which I think they're probably, are they going to put it at the pay-per-view for Money in the Bank? Sonya Deville versus Mandy Rose because she's sort yeah, of... It seems like it. 
she distracted her in the match. Then when she took the loss, she's attacked her after the match. So uh, they're clearly building to this, which I'm on board for, you know, that it'd be a payoff to that sort of that feud and that reveal. Um, but yeah, for me, it was like, it's a bit of a shame because Carmella didn't legitimately get the win. So it's like, well, you, you're not looking like a strong competitor going into money in the bank now, are you? And um, quite a weak money in the bank, really. Like you say, um, like we were saying before on Raw, and we can allude to it a bit more specifically now, Carmella and Dana Brooke, two very needless people in the money in the bank that the spot's got to be filled by other people and when people are crying out for Liv Morgan to, to be in this sort of match just crazy that she's not yeah it just um, I think I knew like I think I said last week it was obvious that Mandy Rose and Sonia Deville were going to you know continue to happen and uh, Mandy wasn't going to get through because of uh, a Sonia interference so the writing was on the wall I think with this one but at the same time it's still very underwhelming. You know, Carmella's already won it before. Surely they won't give it air again. So it just feels like a wasted spot, really. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame. And I'm nothing against Carmella, but, you know, when they put her into the match that way, you can't really expect her to win it. Mm. Uh, so we move on to um, to the New Day versus the Forgettable Sons. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, we had Miz and Morrison come out and do some commentary. Um, what I will say is I'm massively disappointed in... Last week, I thought we were getting a bit of variety in the tag division because we had the, the Lucha House Party come out with the Forgotten Sons come out. We had the the um, the New Day, Miz and Morrison and all that. Everything seemed like it was you know starting to become a little bit interesting, a bit different, mixed up a little bit. And now it just feels a little bit obvious that they've gone, well, the Forgotten Sons can replace the Usos. <laughs> and it's the same shit. So we've got three tag teams again, but you know, one of them's not the Usos. That that's all it is. Um, that being said, you know it was a good match for the for the forget forgotten son. Sorry, um, <laughs> <laughs> and you know they they did look strong in it, and they obviously are going into the title picture. I don't know. Um, but that being said, I mean, New Day are the champs, and they've sort of already proved they can beat them. So like, why it wasn't a title match in the first place, I don't know. Uh, but I don't know. It's still despite including this new team that I'm not massively enamored on just yet, it still feels like a kind of kind of weak sort of showing. And we know that they've got plenty of tag teams to work with. So I don't know. I just it, it was missing something for me this. Mm. Um yeah. So we had um we move on from that to a backstage promo for Tamina. Um and it was it was uh, to be honest I didn't I didn't mind it. Tamina's didn't have a lot to say but it worked because Sasha basically comes over and, and sort of starts sort of doing what Sasha does and talking a bit of shit to her. But it was um, ev- evidently it was to cause a distraction for Bailey to, to sort of, it's not a sucker punch per se, but you know, to, to sort of blindside her. Um, and then after the cheap shot, Bailey and Sasha are laying into Tamina and then um, Lacey comes in for the save. So it just turns into a brawl between all four of them, which yeah, that's fine. It works really well, to be fair. Um, it makes a lot of sense because we've got, the two separate feuds there they're all sort of it feels a little bit like they're putting and this is purely from social media but they're putting Lacey and Tamina together as mates that the you know they're not as far as kayfabe goes but um it makes sense that they've teamed up to to take on them too and obviously we're gonna hopefully pretty soon get the payoff for all that anyway but um all in all not not too bad a promo for for building up some money in the bank and then um our last match of the night is uh, Otis versus Ziggler which was again for Money in the Bank, I believe. Now, one thing I just want to mention is the we had a little segment of uh, Ziggler and Sonia Deville um, hatching evil plotty stuff in front of a camera again. Yeah. So um, why do we need hackers? Fuck knows. <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, there you go. So apparently the plan now was for um, Sonya to, to beat Mandy and then Ziggler to comfort her in some way. I don't know. It was a bit convoluted, really. Uh, why Sonya Deville is so insistent on getting uh, Mandy Rose and Dolph Ziggler together, I don't know. It doesn't achieve anything for her, but hey-ho. So they're still a team, evil plans. But ultimately, we go into this match. Otis ruins him and takes the win, so he's entering the money in the bank. And that is pretty much all we all she wrote for SmackDown. I think it actually closed on that match. So um, mm-hmm. that was it. It I don't know. It was okay. Um, for me, I'm giving it a two and a half. It wasn't. It was yeah. It was firmly there with NXT and Raw. It was WWE was two and a half this week. It was no more. It was okay. Yeah, I mean, same for me. Um, two and a half. I've given it. I think it was a. Uh, I don't know. Started strong again, um, and then the middle was a bit, and then towards the end it was slightly recovered but you know still not fantastic so to be honest i was i was to- uh, toying between two and 2.5 on this one but i think um it definitely definitely was the 2.5 like when you look at the whole kind of card yeah i think that's fair so that is uh this week in wrestling 